0: Is going. We have a powered point.
1: Fantastic. Uh, Do I have? Yep, that's the right thing. All right, that's. That was much smoother than last time. Yeah, we're getting good at this. Finally,
2: one hundred and (laughs) fifty.
1: And and all it took us was uh, like half an hour beforehand of complaining about city skylines and trying to understand nineteen twenties racial
2: categorization. Yeah, we're really doing terrific here.
1: To try and yeah. work out why white people are called Caucasian. Yes, uh, it's because apparently we all are.
0: Um, we are all uh, what you call it. Armenians. We're all Armenians. We're all, we're all Armenians because we all descend, folks, from, yes. uh, we'd all descend from. We all descend from Noah's Ark, which landed at Mount Ararat. Which, uh, if you're Armenian, is in Armenia, and if you're Turkish. Go oh, fuck yourself.
1: Uh- <laughs> uh, we're going to get so many, so many angry yeah. letters from Reinhold Messner, our biggest Turkish fan. Yeah, I apologize. I apologize. No, he doesn't. No, he no doesn't. you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> and listen, I have to keep Armenia on side because Armenia is where all the broke trans women go for facial feminization surgery. So oh. let me let me just say now, uh, victims of uh, historical Azerbaijani aggression. And Turkish genocides. Yeah. Uh, Ararat is in Armenia. Please give me the facial feminization surgery. I need it badly. Yeah.
0: And uh, uh, um, I I just want to retract every time I've said. Well done, Baku. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Hello and welcome to. Well, there's your problem. It's a podcast about engineering disasters with slides. I'm Justin rosniak I'm the person who's talking right now. My pronouns are
1: he and
2: him. Okay. Go.
1: I am Alice Corduro Kelly. I am the person who's talking now. I am proudly Armenian. My pronouns are she and her. Yay, Liam.
2: Yay, Liam. Hi, I'm Liam McAnderson, debuting the new last name because yes. I got married.
1: Hey, congratulations. Uh,
2: thank you. Congra- uh,
0: congratulations on getting married.
2: Yes, and I'm here. I'm just gonna butt right in uh, because I got married. I'm using my privileges to mm. tell you. Uh, so I am employed uh, by by a place called Lutheran Settlement House, which works with the homeless which works with uh, victims of domestic violence, which works with seniors who kind of have nowhere else to go, uh, or just want to be part of a community. And we are desperately short on Christmas presents for our families. Uh, I am asking you to donate at either LutheranSettlement.org. You can mail packages to Lutheran Settlement House. Uh, Please uh, put Yay Liam in the description when you do that, because I could tell that uh, my supervisor, Erica, was very happy and very confused to read, yay Liam, because a bunch of you have already donated, which I am very <laughs> grateful.
0: Yeah, we'll flash all of yeah. that up on screen. Yeah, uh,
2: thank yeah.
0: you. Um, yeah, the uh, our official line here is, uh, fuck Toys for Tots, fuck the US Marines, donate to Liam.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. right. Pro- yeah. Pro-Liam,
1: pro-Armenia, anti-Marine. Yes.
2: Well, that's actually pretty close to the, the thing, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you very much, I appreciate it, uh, the kids will appreciate it. Thank you again. Yes. Now um, on to the disaster.
0: Now hmm. what you see here on the screen is figure four, reconstruction of fuselage and tail unit wreckage, G A L Y P.
2: That's good, right? G is a
1: British plane. This is I'm feeling yes. patriotic already. Uh oh, is... you
2: should probably stop that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think bad this... things happen when Brits feel patriotic. Mm,
1: well, like this, yeah. like like what what's happened to poor Gulf Alpha Lima Yankee Papa here?
0: This was the uh, De Havilland Comet. Oh, it's not supposed
1: to look to that. like that. Oh, been been looking forward to this episode for a long time. Yeah, long time.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Today today we're going to talk about the De Havilland Comet, the first jet airliner,
2: <laughs> and all the good things that happened to it.
0: Study in British yeah. excellence. All I can say is once they fixed the bugs, it was not that bad of a plane.
1: So the F thirty five of Airliners.
0: Uh yes. Um, but first we have to do the goddamn news.
2: Yeah, that's me. That's I got you. married. You got married. Yeah, we got, got married.
1: Congratulations yes. to, Thank you. to both of you. Uh I, I congratulations again on scoticizing your last name. Thank you. uh, yes. What does it feel like to be a, a like you know son of Alba now?
2: Oh, it feels pretty good. Uh, you know, my i my old last name was actually a double barrel last name because I'm fancy like that. Mm. And uh, it's actually yeah, you got to be my, fancy
1: to have one of those. Yeah, yes,
2: yeah, so I'm uh, well known for being a fancy boy. I fancily pack tins of dip in my mouth. <laughs>
1: uh, you, you get the like chairman's reserve dip, you know? Yes, yes. Thank
2: you, uh listeners, those of you who came uh friends of the show. Uh we spent way too much money at the bar and we ran them out of brawler. So well done everybody. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I was I was very sorry to miss it. Uh I, I would like to lie and say that I'm somewhere in this photo in the champagne cloud, but oh, the confetti cloud. But... You hear here in yeah, it's sort of fading in. Uh <laughs> yeah, just like clumsily photoshopped me into this one, I guess. Oh,
2: <laughs> this is uh my favorite photo from the night. This is the last photo taken of the night. It's really nice. Um,
1: you had a good photographer.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. Just oh I'm gonna forget her last name. Palatucci. Excellent work, uh, excellent photography, really nice uh lady. Uh yeah, yeah it was a lot of fun. I'm happy to be married. I'm happy that Grid has bet half her shit that she'll love me forever. <laughs>
1: what <laughs> <laughs> once again, another one of your favorite podcasters progresses towards adulthoods and sort of life milestones, you know yeah, yes uh, kind
2: of rumbling towards it yeah
1: please please don't like feel in any way insecure about your parasocial attachment in the course of this because uh, yeah. the, no. the the podcast the state of the podcast remains strong, you know yes
2: yes and Roz is not married so ladies start lining up. Exactly. That's right,
1: yeah. You're the the last bachelor member of <laughs> well, that's your problem. Most uh, eligible podcaster.
2: Oh uh, yeah. Well, you're the only one. You're the only one, really. Yeah. <laughs> the most normal man among us.
0: <laughs> Extremely normal. Um. Yes. Uh, congratulations to Liam
2: mm-hmm.
0: and Corinne for yes. getting married. Yes.
1: Cor- Corinne is is lovely. I hope you have uh like ten billion years of happiness. Yeah. Um, nice you. All all sustained by uh our beloved hogs. Yes. You pay the bills. Yeah, Ten thanks. billion years of hogs. <laughs> That's
2: right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks, folks. Uh we're gonna get the bonus out. That's one of the reasons for the delay of the bonus for November. That's I, I think it's it.
1: fair to it's be a minor, like a I, I little I'm imp- tiny life event, you know. Well, giving so giving myself so an t- excuse, <laughs> but to be like, yeah, I think it's fine to take a couple of weeks when you get married. Yeah.
2: Yeah, don't worry. There will be a December bonus in which I say unspeakable things about our listeners—real
1: cruel <laughs> stuff. Oh yeah, this is the abuse episode. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, unless unless we uh like run out the clock on the timing and we're not able to record it, in which case Justin, you have to get married like urgently. Yeah. So we correct. have an excuse to to postpone the December I,
2: bonus. Don't worry, I I know someone who'll marry Roz, It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, that person is me. I'll have to get a divorce. <laughs> wow! You're, you're already,
1: like, not even married for a month and already a bigamist. We, well, that could we, be. That could be. I, uh, uh,
2: I talked to Roz once about like getting married for tax reasons. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, anytime I hear about the like you two living together,
0: that years. was that was health insurance reasons. Not oh, it tax was health reasons. It
2: was health insurance reasons. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Well, I, you know it's it's fine it's fine that was yeah, that was I, our no it's <laughs>
0: i didn't think it was that necessary
2: <laughs> i no, we figured it out but that was right up there with our plans to buy a victorian in west philly oh i'm oh, still gonna going to, do that i know i i gotta be an i gotta be an investor in that so i could have the liam room oh yeah which is just also the map room but oh, yeah the war room Yeah, exactly.
1: Give me a share of that so I can get a US visa and not have to worry so much about getting penis detected at the airport. We could probably
2: We could probably forge you a visa. (laughs)
1: Uh, The the odds of getting penis detected at the airport going up, catastrophically, as you say this. Also, all the times I say anything about Hamas. Yeah. Speaking of
0: Hamas. uh, Good news, everyone. According Mm -hmm. to the US House of Representatives, we're all anti-Semites now.
2: Oh,
1: are Incredible. We? Yeah, oh, yeah. Do that. they, they wrote this. That, uh, anti anti Zionism is anti Semitism. Apparently, I'm Jewish,
2: and yeah. uh, no, it's not. Mm. <laughs> and I, I mean, I...
1: if you if you go back and look at like any early or, for that matter, current Zionist writing that seems to be insanely anti Semitic, like Theodore Herzl talking about like Ostuden, uh, no, it didn't. It didn't say that. And you're anti Semitic.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that this has just declared every Jewish person under like thirty-five to be an anti Semite.
2: I, I will say <laughs> the 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 there's a an article I read about the sort of generational gap in American Jews about Israel. And my mother my mother's worst opinion used to be she was not a staunch Zionist, but she was like, you know, kinda of like she spent some time on a kibbutz in the mm. in the in the seventies and was like, yeah, you know, it's 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 sort of both sides. Sorry to call you out, Mom. When you've lost my, mo- <laughs> when you've lost my mother, and she's just like, "What they're like? No, that's fucked up and wrong. When you've lost my mother, you are doing something wrong."
1: Mm. Yeah, and like, I think it's it, it's like a a process of doing things wrong less and less subtly for yes. decades until no one come really after
2: just- my mother. She knows more and is better than you.
1: <laughs> just kind of like rubbing the world's face in it, you know? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah
0: exactly.
1: Look at and the cool 2 you were doing!
2: You can't stop us! Nana nana nana. our
1: biggest wettest senator, John Fetterman. Um, oh my
2: yeah. god! At least we knew that Pat Toomey was a chud.
1: We, I, I think, share some responsibility for this because yeah,
2: I feel embarrassed. Obviously, and pretty ashamed that that's what he's doing. Uh, I was we, not
1: uh,
0: I was not expecting him to be to be the breakout character in uh, the pro-Israel uh, lobby. I just thought it was funny to have a big guy as senator.
1: Yeah, the big guy who violates the dress code is a lot less fun, it turns out, when yeah. he's uh, you know, virulently uh pro-genocide.
0: Yes.
2: Uh, he he also just uh uh said something stupid about the border as we went to air.
1: Fantastic. And this oh, guy's yeah. this guy's got a job for life, although, you know, given the state of his health, we we can have some hopes on that score.
2: I don't about,
0: know. I wonder what happens the next primary. I mean, you know, it's that's like what still 4 years off. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, I it he could good. he could still get uh he could still get knocked Dr. off. Ozd. Uh, Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz. Yeah. Well, you know, I I would hope that uh he would get primaried and not, you know, wind up, you know, we 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 give the seat to um what's his face from uh Central Pennsylvania. Um mm.
2: well, Scott The Republican
0: Perry. guy. One
2: Mastriano,
1: many, that's the guy. About
2: shout, yeah, one of the many yeah. idiots from Central Pennsylvania His that I hate. Name
1: sounds like a deli meat. I yeah oh, no. Yeah. I, yeah. you, well, you got to give it to some like uh, very slick, like social media forward, like DSA person. You know.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Liam, you should run for senator.
1: Yeah, you got married. You're a, you a family man. You're respectable now. Uh, it's time. It's dirty,
2: right? I can do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Thirty-two. Yeah, Senate. let's do it. Yeah, I, yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, right that after, is your Senate run, right after, mm-hmm. yeah. We're gonna do. We're gonna run for Senate uh, as a unit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the Liam, Ross Alice three-headed monster senatorial campaign. Oh uh, yeah, it's like
0: the uh, it's like, uh, and it's always sunny when they get the mailroom job. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I I I do appreciate that. Uh, uh, speaking of speaking of uh, someone someone tweeted about uh, giving to Lutheran Settlement House. And I do want to say, having to explain to my boss what the hell Yay Liam meant was the highlight of my day. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Why does it say this?" And I was like, "I've been bullying people on Twitter all morning." Yeah, you're like, I, oper- I operate a kind of like years long cult. Yes. <laughs> I guess is the best way to explain that. Uh, it's like the the email we got from Lilith Fund when we uh, steered a bunch of people towards there in the wake of Texas's hideous abortion ban. And we got a personal email from like the, the, the one of the directors of Lilith Fund, and I was just like, I love that we helped people get medically necessary care, and also like they got medically necessary care through dick jokes. <laughs> it's like we'll fund your abortion, but it's gonna get what's gonna get kind of weird.
0: Yes, um, yeah. So uh, the one thing we should say, uh, just because we got to mention it every episode until the horror stop, the situation in Palestine is still very very bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's every go, day? go to protests, go, uh, go yell go do at, you some know, inc- your senator, extremely yeah,
2: cool stuff. Yeah.
1: Um, extremely cool. Yeah, go, uh, go follow yeah, your exactly. conscience. You know? Exactly.
2: You gotta, uh, you know, the eyes of the world are upon you, mm. uh, time to, time to do some shit. Yeah. Perfectly uh, legal shit. Uh, you don't have to censor that Devin uh, perfectly legal, perfectly legal and cool. Just make sure your elected official has a nice time. Maybe. That-
0: remain 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 <laughs> First
1: mad of the episode yeah
0: re- remain quiet. mad remain vigilant remain active you know what will help you remain active and vigilant is our next news item
2: oh boy what is this Why fuck am- yes
1: fuck yes america <laughs> yes. is yes. the greatest country yeah. in the history of the USA. world
2: USA. it USA. makes up Sorry for the genocide
1: levels. it makes up for the genocide by the fact that it also invented the lemonade that kills you instantly.
2: Yeah, but all Panera- these people already had heart conditions. That's the thing, because this comes up every every few years, where it's like, oh, he died because he drank nine Red Bulls, and oh, by the way, he had a pre-existing heart condition.
0: Panera Bread has invented hey, a lemonade. I, I will never let
2: you get through news. It's good. They taste and good. It, <laughs> How it many these has- did you have before coming
1: on man? <laughs> How many what? How many of the lemonade that kills you instantly did you have? I have
2: drank 3 C4 performance energies just today. I feel terrific.
0: <laughs> Here I am starting the day off with a half decaf coffee.
2: That's cuz you're a and... fucking old pussy and I am young and, <laughs> and, and and whatever.
0: So Panera bread has come out Vivacious with this uh, I am. basically energy drink uh lemonade yeah. which apparently is not adequately labeled as such.
2: Oh, it's and so caffeinated to do like, like three hundred milligrams of caffeine or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking delicious. It's there, so there, is, good. there is
1: an employee in the back with a mortar and pestle <laughs> grinding up caffeine tablets.
2: I used to I, do that. I used to do that, and then Ross was like, "You have to stop. You can't put caffeine in the Everclear punch." Which I, I thought was you,
0: ridiculous. I told you, you got to be careful with that stuff. The LD fifty is surprisingly
1: low. The large, as, ha- as many people have found out, because two people, two people, <laughs> okay, but two people have been have been like compromised to a permanent end. Yes. Have <laughs> had their asses clapped by Saint Peter for drinking the Panera bread lemonade. Um, and
2: yeah, so the regular contains two hundred sixty milligrams of caffeine, which is approximately three eight point four ounce Red Bulls, and the large is three hundred ninety which is approximately five 8.4 ounce Jesus Red Bulls. Jesus Christ. You're drinking a 40 of Red Bull, basically.
1: So, 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 drink one of these, go to space. Drink more than one of these, uh, die, is is yeah. the conclusion.
2: That's a, lot, that's a lot of caffeine. I hate to be corporatist here, but Panera, uh, hit me up in the DMs.
1: <laughs> you will endorse the lemonade that kills you instantly? It just comes with yeah, a big Liam face a, on it I'm giving you a thumbs up?
2: I'm taking a brave stance, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I support listen, I, I think it's tasty. I had one of them in Alabama and I could have driven for miles.
1: I, I I think the thing is, right, that America is at its best when it lets you do things as an individual that you really shouldn't. Um, and Americans are at their best when they forget that they have to pay for their healthcare. Yeah. So this situation here, it's like the like one-pound burrito, right? It it's like it shouldn't exist, it's an affront that it exists. One
2: pound is not that big. That's okay. not a big
1: burrito, yeah. Okay, fine, fine. Like, <laughs> ten pound burrito. Oh, you're, uh, talking yes. the,
2: you're talking about the toddler from Raw Burrito's The toddler, yeah. 100 yeah, yeah. pound burrito. Yeah. Whatever. You're talking about the toddler. Yeah, you can, yeah. We can come to PA and we'll get you one, Alice. I, yeah. O- o- we're O-Lens, all gonna go
0: to Raw Burrito's in York, Pennsylvania.
2: <laughs> and we're all gonna get toddlers. It's called that because it's the size of a toddler. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm hearing America the beautiful in the back of my head right now this is um this is incredible um and you know many happy returns to Panera bread yes they're gonna ban yeah. this like someone who is no fun is gonna ban this I'm sure um
0: it it's weird that it comes from Panera bread which I usually find to be a lackluster experience
2: oh yeah it's it's you know, it's they've gotten worse. Sorry, I had to stand up and take off my belt because I'm fat and old. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were young
1: and vivacious.
2: I was yeah. young and vivacious five minutes ago, but now the age has set in. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the Panera the, the is the the worn the Panera. off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm taking big I'm taking big gulps of the C4 Starburst <laughs> strawberry. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's so <laughs> good. I feel terrific.
1: <laughs> I, I I get nervous when I have too much caffeine, and too much is not a lot. So uh, yeah. this is this I, is a fun way to poison me.
2: I drink a lot of
1: caffeine. Mm. So this they is just drink
2: I drink
0: water. I seem to have randomly rebuilt up my caffeine tolerance, which is nice. I've been drinking coffee this whole week, and mm. nothing bad has happened so you don't far. Get the
2: shakes—that's good. I'm glad.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, I get the shakes uh, so bad, dude, from, like, anything. It's well, also because I got the
1: half caffeine coffee, as opposed to the uh, full caffeine coffee.
2: Well, that's because you're a gigantic fucking pussy, but that's okay.
1: I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm over here with decaf, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: but I, I'm more merciful to you than I am to him. Yeah. I know, I, just I know want, this, I know I'm your favorite.
0: I just wanna have a drink that's not water that Milkshake won't drink. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> Alright, time to start drinking just straight liquor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll, that'll learn. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, so, um,
2: don't drink the Panera lemonade. If you have a heart condition, don't, don't drink the Panera lemonade you, at if all. If you value I, your I life, don't,
0: don't go to Panera. It's not that good. There's other places that are like, I mean, what do they uh, even have in Panera? Soup. Yeah. They have soup. Mm. They have.
2: Okay. I sandwiches.
0: A, I, yeah. I had an, uh, uh, bacon, egg and cheese there once at the Panera in Pittsburgh and the problem is it's not structured in a way where you know they give you a runny egg, which I like, but it's structured in such a way that runny egg will explode in your face.
2: Was that the one where I threw up on the side of the road? Was that that yes. trip? Yes. Okay, I, that was that I, trip.
1: Yeah. So I, I, my 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 food court pick here, if we're doing that, is is probably a Subway. And the thing about Subway is I will get uh, a meatball marinara. Um, it, if that's not pork, I forget whether it is or not. I get the meatless one. And then what I do is I spend the rest of the day. I like book out the day. I'm like I I will get Subway in the morning. I will spend the rest of the day shitting and feeling bad. Hmm. Um, And it's it's still kind of worth it as an experience. So same with Jollibee. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I don't know what my 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 go to like fast casual is if we're Mm. using that as a category. Um, Ross, what's yours?
0: What is my go-to fast casual? I mean, I'm just not in the situation where I go there very often. I do like Chipotle. I like Chipotle, but the thing about Chipotle is it seems to have, like everything else, it's gone down in quality. I mean, there's sort of a death spiral, it seems like, right now. All the ingredients are getting. Last time I went to Chipotle, it was when I bought the the suit for the wedding, right? And, um, you know, after I was at Joseph A. Banks, I went upstairs, I got the burrito, free up storage space. Oh, my God. Hold on. Um How?
1: Some... <laughs> what have you been torrenting? Uh Who torrent
2: we discussed anything? that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh no, that's not, not... not
0: willingly, not willingly. <laughs> As a result of un un uh unvetted C- city of Skylines mods. they um... are a
2: fucking fucking disaster. Not even a regular fucking disaster. A fucking fucking disaster. I have had so much caffeine, I feel great.
0: <laughs> mm. Um recycled bin. Come on. Can That's I do this in time?
2: Wept,
1: I, mm, yes. I just I every, don't know what I just like deleted. Can, can, I, can I complete Halo before the rubber bands crush my TV? Except it's, yes, can I <laughs> empty my recycle bin
2: before the recording I'm doing takes up that space? Yeah. I I am so okay. All right. So Roz, after this episode is over. Uh, message me or text me and tell me a time, that I can come over next week. And I'm gonna install all the hard drives that I've given you. And then after that, I'm gonna beat you to death with them.
1: What, <laughs> what you should do, what you should do, is when you're installing those hard drives, remember to don't don't mount them on anything. Just leave them at like an angle in in the case. <laughs> That's
2: it. I no, I'm out. I'm out. Have a yeah. good.
1: <laughs> it's fine. You can you can just quit because now you can like spend time with your wife. Uh, yeah. Which is much much healthier an activity than doing this, you know. Uh, yes,
2: it's it is very funny that uh, my my wedding was uh, largely paid for in patron dollars. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, folks.
0: Have you have you done a borad voice, my wife? Since yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like the yeah. first
1: the first few months of marriage, in my experience, are not getting over the fact that you are a husband or wife, and so yeah. is your husband or wife, and so just using those words a lot. is about the novelty.
0: You got about six months where you, you can say that at any time for no reason.
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, thank you. I, I have done I've done a little bit of that just because like it's very fun to be irritating because again, she bet her she bet half her shit that she'll love me forever. Uh, so I am I am all in on just being as annoying as possible.
0: Um mm. <laughs> well, in summary, uh don't if you have a heart condition, don't buy the Panera bread. Lemonade that kills you instantly. Now that we're 25 minutes in, that was the
1: goddamn news. God bless whichever one of you puts chapters on the videos sometimes. You do an Uh, essential piece of work for the podcast that we never, ever think about doing ourselves. So, here is an image
0: of a metal plate with a crack. You notice this crack is big, but this crack, with two holes, is smaller.
1: I do notice that. I, I like the illustration style, very seventies uh, kind of. Yeah.
0: And so, this is from the Handbook of Damage Control, Maritime Damage Control. Oh wow! Uh, published by the U.S. Navy in 1945. This is Figure 34-20. Um, holes may be drilled at the ends of a crack and then plugged to stop crack extension.
2: Oh yes! Fucking huh. Talk dirty to me, baby. <laughs>
0: And so this is sort of one of these things that was known about since like the days of the ironclads. that if you had a crack, you could drill a hole at each end of the crack and it would at least temporarily stop it from getting bigger. Right. Um, And this is sort of for a long time was almost a piece of folk knowledge. Um, You could halt cracks temporarily by drilling a hole in them. The state of the science and materials didn't really explain this well. Uh, back in the day
1: when you're like we can we can build sort of like the you know B twenty five bomber, no idea how any of the stuff in it works, just full yeah. Adeptus Mechanica shit.
0: Yeah, or like the monitor in the Merrimack, you know.
1: Yeah, um
0: yeah. you know, it's one of these things where you know it it works sometimes, you know, sort of like uh deluvial geology, right? Mm. Um yeah, where where you were managed to you managed to find minerals based on how you expected uh, Noah's flood to have occurred.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> there were sure. enough minerals around at the time that you could just fucking Minecraft that shit and just and dig. it's
0: sort of approximated glaciation is the other thing. Huh. <laughs> it kind of worked. It usually didn't, but sometimes it did. Um, but this particular handbook is from 1945, right? We had big warships, big locomotives, big long cars and airplanes, right? Mm. Um, today we'd talk about sort of this is, uh, being an example of reducing something called a stress concentration. Um, but we didn't really have the mathematics to describe that yet.
1: Yeah, um, stress concentration is what you have when you're trying to get through the news and then Liam and I are interrupting you. Yes. yes. Um, you deserve to suffer.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the, so if there's a
1: hole in you, then. Yep
0: maybe that's that's actually stress. that's that's called um trepanation what? if we trepanation you,
1: then yeah. you will not be as stressed about the news right i heard oh,
0: i've heard that's had some good results
1: um all right well <laughs> wait wait drill, wait, drill baby, better, drill let's do this
0: <laughs> it, it, way better than a um way better than a lobotomy
1: uh <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean few I don't know, I of the podcasters who kept not after one of those yeah
0: uh, but well, this is like one of those things that worked, but wasn't fully understood, right? Until we had like finite element analysis, which is sort of in its infancy in the 1940s. It existed, but we sure as hell didn't have the computers to make it worthwhile. Mm. Um, doing that shit out by hand, <laughs> terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made the mechanical engineers do that. I was a civil engineer. I, I, all I could do is point and laugh at them. <laughs> <laughs> Um now our second subject here is in the early part of the twentieth century. Wow flying. Oh, that's
2: beautiful.
1: Wow. That, that's, flying that's a yeah. I like that flying a boat. Big fucking flying boat. Yeah, the, the like what? British the British flying boats that we had from like short and I, I want to say Saunders Row were incredible looking throughout yeah, this, like the whole history.
0: This is Saunders Row uh SR forty five princess. This is the largest metal flying boat. Um it's beautiful. Yes. Very, very big. But The thing about flying is it was not very good for a while, right? Really up until the late 50s. Even if you were rich, Mm. um, you know, you're going at relatively slow speeds, two or 300 miles per hour at best. You know, all these stops to refuel in like Newfoundland or Iceland or Anchorage or Karachi or Shannon. uh, Shannon, you're like uh where else? I mean uh you're in
1: you, all you, of the you, Indiana Jones shit yeah. where you're like dots on oh, the map. Like oh, Yeah, exactly. I love those sequels. Yeah, it has a Does certain romance yeah, yeah, when yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. like in the plane. Doing I guess. it, right. Yeah,
0: but like an eight hour flight today would take, you know, two days. Um you have these Very loud propeller planes, they're flying at low altitudes, they got more drag and slower speeds, right? There's some airliners that are starting to show up, like the Lockheed Constellation, they can fly higher, they have some of the earliest pressurized cabins, but this was not like normal. War is very good for
1: technology, you adapt bombers for this, and if bombers are flying higher to avoid uh, anti-aircraft artillery and then sort of like very early missiles. Uh, and you start pressurizing cabins, then you go, hey, we can fit a bunch of salary men in there. And they did. Yeah.
0: Uh, flying is, um, you know, it, it's annoying, it's slow, and you know, we're at a point where, uh, as opposed to today, where it's annoying and at least fast sometimes.
1: Um, yeah, if you don't have a guy, I, I hated this dude so fucking much, I saw TikTok today, and on, on the TikTok I saw, I saw a man smuggle in. Instant mashed potatoes and raw shrimp, I and also a six saw volt battery. Death, death by firing squad. And then he right. cooked himself shrimp and mashed potatoes in an airplane bathroom sink. Firing death squad is too by. dignified by that guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. You got to <laughs> take that man. The, if the federal air marshal service is good for anything, they got to follow that guy home from the airport. Like. Yeah. In, it, it, that is the only man who should be in the Louisiana state correction system.
0: That water's not potable either.
1: No, it's no, gray water. It's Gray water. Like, if yeah, you, it, I uh, was gonna say. And, and plus, 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 like, uh, okay, I don't maybe think it's they technically like, gray water, but it's not, um, it's not potable water. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's like fucking shit in there. Plus, they clean the bathrooms, but not after like every person uses it. So, like, if the guy in front of you has just come out from your from like, you know. An hour long, like heinous diarrhea experience. Washed his hands in the sink, and then you go in right after to cook your shrimp. Y- you too will have a heinous diarrhea experience.
0: Uh, uh, well, there's your problem. Top tip: Don't make your own meal in the airplane bathroom.
2: Fuck you. Unless, Just wait, unless yes.
0: you're on a certain Japan Airlines flight, <laughs> yeah. in which case you might
1: come out.
2: You might come I'm out ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually do have a
1: top tip though, which is which is don't drink tea or coffee. On an airliner, get get a bottle of water, and uh, maybe even like don't wash your hands in the bathroom. Get an alcohol wipe or hand sanitizer. Get them off the the cabin crew. They have extras. They have tons for exactly this reason because that water is fucking gross. And as much as it, like the FAA put in standards for like the uh, cleanliness of the water tanks on airliners like ten years ago, and those standards are not good. Yeah,
0: and um, uh, so back to. Old airliners here. Mm. Uh, flying was pretty annoying back then, um, although the food was better. They had a proper galley as opposed to a bathroom where you make it's your shrimp and mashed potatoes. Room in here, you know, yeah. But um, you're still having trouble competing with like fast streamlined trains or like fast ocean liners, um, just because everything is, you know, still pretty slow. Mm. Um, so we also have to talk about. The de Havilland Company.
2: Yeah! Yeah, This one's cool. Uh, Hey! We won the war with wood! You like (laughs) that? You like that? (laughs) Yeah, wood
1: wood and wood glue, um, I mean, these are some of my favourite aircraft of World War 2, because if you grow up in Britain, you gotta have a favourite British aircraft of World War 2. And harsh. if you if you say uh, Avro Lancaster, you're a war criminal. If you say Spitfire, oh, well, you're unimaginative. Gonna, uh, if, you say gonna, if you say, say Hurricane, you're a tryhard. And <laughs> if you if you say I Mosquito, like then then you're serious. You know.
2: <laughs> oh man, it's yeah. yeah. I guess I'd be a decent war criminal.
1: It looks really good. The Avro Lancaster does. In fairness, yeah, at some point we're gonna have to do. Um, the mysterious disappearances of that that BSAA like uh, Lancastrian which is the airliner conversion of a Lancaster um
2: fucking what now <laughs> we, we we
1: will get to that but uh yeah the mosquito uh it's it's great it's fantastic it's yeah. so fast it's so maneuverable
2: uh, and uh yeah we uh, we won the war and the Germans lost and yeah, uh, you you
1: yeah. could do like really like precision bombing with this stuff because it's like low and you fly low and fast and we we bombed one wall of a, a like Nazi prison to like facilitate the escape of French resistance prisoners and it sort of worked is how wow. good
2: this thing was
0: so this company was founded by uh founded by at Jeff
2: the, the Albatross now and it's just like god this thing is it looks like a turd <laughs> i love it yeah go ahead rod sorry
0: this thing was founded by Jeffrey de Havilland in 1920 in Edgeware. Later moved to Hatfield, both of them in England, right?
2: Oh, not uh, Hatfield, they, Pennsylvania. <laughs> no.
0: They made biplanes for a while, but they really took off. Cause it's an airplane company. They took off. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Ah, oh, you've had too much <laughs> caffeine. <laughs> they,
0: in World War Two, right, they make their planes out of wood. Um, uh, so shown here is the DH-98 Mosquito that everyone's been, uh, you know, uh, raving, raving for here, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And this was sort of a multi-role aircraft, like the F-35, but unlike the F-35, it worked. Right?
2: <laughs> I like so, to see you know, this thing like, fly upside down in the rain.
0: It's a fighter-bomber, it does photo reconnaissance, it can zip in and out of place, it can do a whole bunch of shit, right?
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. We, we, made, we made an early jet, an early fighter jet, off of this airframe, the Vampire which is again fantastic. And yeah, we, for a while I don't a, like they used to. No, truly. but there, there was a period in British aeronautical history where we were combining like wood glue and jet engines. Hell well, yeah. we'll get to that.
2: Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. baby.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, but making making this shit out of wood, specifically balsa wood, I mean, it's yeah. su- it's surprisingly strong in a lot of ways that matter.
2: This is uh, my bottle airplane. This is my real it's, airplane. It's really
1: <laughs> light. Um, it's fine if you don't step on it in the wrong place. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. As <laughs> so long as you don't step on it in, in the wrong place or set it on fire, it's. Actually, remarkably resilient because you can shoot holes straight through it because cannon rounds are designed to like, you know, destroy steel, um, like structural steel, and instead or aluminium, and instead they just like go straight through because it's too light.
0: Yeah, I I mean, uh, balsa wood surprisingly good. It's a it's a good type of wood. Um, It's good for anything that needs to be lightweight. Um, And uh, you know, you you think about it. Sometimes maybe you did some like I don't know some kind of like model railroad project and a long time ago, and it's was like, I has some crappy wood. No, it's actually really good for, like, these big structural applications, but again, don't step on it in the wrong place.
2: <laughs> it's sort of like thin-shell concrete sounds, in that way. It sounds like you know from experience, Hotshot.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. in high school, when I was rowing, um, we had a few balsa wood boats, and uh, uh. there were very, very clearly marked areas where you could step. I mean, it was the same with the fiberglass boats, but the balsa wood boats you had no margin for error your foot would go through
1: (laughs) you uh you you really gotta um take those no step decals seriously you know yes
0: so we also have to talk about the turbojet development of the jet engine right um so your jet engine is simple in principle right the air goes in the fuel goes in you ignited somehow it goes boom. Thrust comes out the other end.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, suck squeeze bang blow.
0: No, that Buck. is a four-stroke piston engine.
1: Close enough, same principle. <laughs> yeah, whatever.
0: Here, the suck, the squeeze, and the bang and the blow happen simultaneously. Ah.
2: <laughs> Just like I like it, of course. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I like to be confused while I while I'm doing the nasty. So there's a really
0: not the really a, a sensory
2: deprivation way either, just like
0: just <laughs> <laughs> It's a really simple type of jet engine called the Pulse Jet. That was one of the earliest ones, which is basically you have a combustion chamber, like and air goes in. There's a spark plug. You add fuel. It goes, boom. It goes at the other end. Sometimes there's a valve body here that lets air in only one way. Sometimes you have clever geometries so that the air only comes in, so on and so forth. Uh, these Pulse Jets are very simple. They were viable by like the 1910s, um, you know, and, and and so they're very loud and very fuel hungry though, right? This makes them not very Fair. good for aviation. Oh. Um, you know, in terms of like mass applications for aviation, the Germans put them on the V1 flying bomb, but that was about it, um, you know, because those only have to go one way.
1: Yeah. And uh, you need some, it's, it's a disposable thing.
0: Yeah. Something. Had to be done to make the jet engine more efficient for it to be good for aircraft. And that's increasing the compression ratio, which means you can use less fuel for the same amount of thrust. So, this uh, RAF cadet named Frank Whittle comes up with the idea of the turbojet.
1: Classic, classic British guy is Frank Whittle. Uh, yeah. Nerds! This is the thing, there used to be a a, a space- We we used to be a proper
2: country. For nerds. And (laughs) now now
1: we privatized those nerds, and instead of staying in the military, the nerds work for Lockheed Martin, or whatever.
2: We used to have boffins in this country. Yeah, exactly. Proper (laughs) boffins, yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: people people wearing white coats, and taking notes on a clipboard.
2: (laughs) Don't have that anymore. Working for IBM doing all sorts of unspeakable war crimes, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, the idea of the turbojet is all right, we have a big compressor at the front of the jet engine, right? Compressor? Um, compressor. Yes. Oh, okay. It compresses the air before it's combusted in the combustion chamber. Ah. Right. And so the exhaust from that and the thrust then turns a turbine in the back, and that turbine turns the compressor.
2: I kind of like that as a species, we haven't gotten past like spin thing. Spin thing hard. Spin basically? turbine. Spin turbine. Spin yeah.
0: thing. Yeah. Yeah. Spin thing works very good in many contexts. Um, cause linear thing is much more difficult.
1: Right. Mm. Uh, and it, 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 it feeds itself, sort of. As long as you yeah, have airflow air through the engine and, fuel. yeah,
0: once you, once you get the thing started, it keeps going. Um, in fact, the prototype that, uh, Whittle came up with was, uh, so good at it that when they shut off the fuel, it kept going. Cause it turned out there was, a. Uh, A little bit of residual fuel that had leaked in before. They couldn't find it. They actually, everyone had to leave the room because it spun out of control. Oh, yeah. They thought it was going to blow up uh, (laughs) until it ran out of fuel
1: properly. (laughs) The engine that works too well.
0: Yes. Accidentally created a perpetual motion machine. (laughs) But the thing is, the British government wasn't interested, which led to the Germans developing the idea instead. Um, mm. Which cu- culminates in the Messerschmitt Me two six two, which I I figure the military the, nerds can talk about.
1: I- <laughs> the Me two six two Schwalbe, yes, I had an Airfix model of it. Uh, it was it was surprisingly oh, yeah. effective. A uh-huh. lot of the a lot of the pilots went on to transition to the uh, you know. Post-Nazi Luftwaffe and
2: post-Nazi, fly- it's serious quotes here. Yeah, of and, fl- and fly stuff What hormones to to the do star you need for that? <laughs> 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 oh, I. This is already going to be an all-timer. <laughs> I, I saw
1: the thing that said some military nerd will talk about this, and I'm like, you, you have me on the podcast we have worked together for a number of years
0: yeah yeah exactly i was i was i was being oblique
2: about it (laughs) you don't need to be she knows more than i do i'll fucking tell you that right now
0: (laughs) the real question facing aircraft manufacturers after the war was can turbojets be adopted for passenger planes right um the me262 it's a
2: picture of just a it's it's just a picture of a fucking uh mosquito yeah
0: (laughs) The Me two six two was absurdly fast, very high performance for the day, be a great advantage in a competitive transportation market. S- but there s- were-
1: same problem as the F one hundred four. It's an interceptor. It's designed to come up, meet these big American formations of bombers that are wiping Dresden off the map, shoot a couple of them down, and then land.
2: And then um, lose. And then lose the war. Lose well, it.
1: Yes, also largely because it was like built with slave labor and so on and so forth.
2: Yeah, fuck um, you, Nazis.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh it,
0: Liam it, Liam out here with a controversial
1: opinion. Nazis bad.
2: That's yeah. Right. I'm breaking new ground, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, obviously the the sort of like airframe that is very good at like taking off quickly from like Dusseldorf or whatever and getting into a combat box of B seventeens and then getting back down is not very good at getting you from New York to Los Angeles.
0: Yeah. And and there's two, there's two big problems here, which is one, the fuel consumption, right? It's good for, you know, going out, coming back real quick. Um, so you gotta, you gotta work on that. But the other one is these things were very unreliable and that's Hmm. on account of the turbine back here, right? Which is exposed to these very, very hot temperatures for a long period of time from the exhaust gases.
1: Multi-turbine. Right? Uh, I mean, we're, we're yeah. sort of like cutting off Germany from all of its like strategic metals. You don't have shit in the way of like titanium or whatever, you know, and you're again building it with slaves because you're a Nazi.
0: It's not even, uh, not even titanium at that point. It's uh, just, you know, very, very high temperature steel is is mm. what you use for this, Um, sort of what they call the super alloys. But yeah, so these, these high temperatures accelerate something called creep, right? And
1: creep is- What the is, hell am I doing here?
0: Yeah, <laughs> is when this is when a material tends to deform slowly under mechanical stress, right? Um, so, you know, if, if you have, I don't know, let's say like a chain with a heavy weight on it and you leave it there for five years, uh, it will get a little bit longer, right? Now, if you have a turbine blade that's spinning rapidly and, um, you expose it to very high heat, uh, those forces will cause it to lengthen and get thinner and eventually snap off. Oh, Mm. Uh, so these, uh, these jet engines that, uh, the Nazis developed, um, because they're using conventional steel for them. A lot of times you had to replace the turbine blades like every 20 hours of service.
1: Oh, Nazi Germany, when will you develop a single piece of war material that doesn't require one extremely complicated part that has to be replaced, <laughs> and manufe- it takes like a hundred hours to manufacture pilots yeah, you or, have to replace it, it every, every six hours. <laughs> There's one factory that makes it, it's getting bombed by the Allies every day. Uh, you, you know, get nothing more, like it. Yeah.
0: The more you read about German engineering, the more you realize this is all a propaganda effort. Yes. Yeah. It's
1: we. Oh shit! We overengineered another thing in a way that's going to be very useful for the allies to like slot into their production lines when the war ends.
0: Yeah. Thanks, assholes.
1: Uh, Yeah. Just kind. Just kind of doing uh, like the US and Russia, and to an extent the UK and France, like bigger and bigger favors as you're trying to fight them. Yeah.
0: So in order to make this thing practical for a commercial airliner, you'd need new high temperature alloys. Now there was something in Britain called the. The Brabazon Committee, oh,
1: right? What now? Ba- back when guys ha- used to have cool names, and yes. back when Britain used to have a steel industry.
0: Yeah. So after, um, after the uh, after the war ended, they decided, all right, in the interest of maintaining British Empire, mm,
2: failed. Uh, failed. Uh, Fucked it, lads. Didn't didn't uh, work. Yeah. The Suez Crisis not turning, yeah. so, not turning out for you well, huh? Yeah.
0: British aviation companies had to develop an airliner capable of crossing the Atlantic in one go with one ton of mail at 400 miles an hour.
2: Oh my God. They did the America bomber. <laughs> Basically. Yes.
0: Yeah. The America bomber had to come back to.
1: Mm. <laughs> Yeah, difficult to refuel the America bomber in New York. Okay, there were were a lot of German American Ah. Nazi sympathizers, but you can't land the plane there and have it Yeah, not so much you can
0: secure Teterboro
1: and have it land there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, two companies bit here. One was Vickers, which developed a large turboprop airliner called the Viscount. 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 Oh, I see. The vi- the the, the, the turbo prop is like, okay, you have the same turbine here, but rather than uh all of that turning, uh, all of that uh creating exhaust thrust, you use the rotational force to uh drive a propeller.
1: Yeah, right? the Viscount looks goofy as hell by the way. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So, and so insulting that we're yeah. not even going to put a photo. Not even putting it. a photo. Uh,
2: uh, you imagine the horrors in your own, yeah. Vi- Viscount slander. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: but the other the other company, the other company De Havilland said, "How hard can it be?"
1: Yeah, and oh this God. is this is weird because you're you're transitioning <laughs> oh no. from like sort of fighter bombers and like reconnaissance aircraft, and the you know the mosquito is quite small. The vampire, it's it's even cooler successor, the Venom, yeah. quite small. And you're going okay from that. I'm going to build like a full size airliner.
0: What kind of hormones do you need for that?
2: <laughs> the big one. I'm,
1: I'm gonna keep saying that anyway. And it's
0: gonna be
2: funny every time. <laughs> it is actually pretty funny. I yeah. So they say, okay, funny.
0: yeah, we're gonna build a jet airliner, right? So this is uh, one of. the- I forget this is the prototype of the first production uh, De Havilland Comet. Oh,
1: they just right? they, they they scaled up the uh, the mosquito and they stretched it like it's got the same nose, kind of. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you gotta build on uh, stuff you did before, and there was like a lot of design process I did not put into the slides, I probably should have, um, but you know, this, this was, uh, they, they were starting with trying to build something very small, and then as they developed the design, it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it got, surprisingly, it's the great. biggest design was the most practical one. Mm.
1: Um, it's I, know, I like the bare metal, by the way. Very oh, yeah. jet age. Huge yes. amount of that.
0: So this is going to be the sleek, modern aircraft for the jet age. It's going to have four powerful jet engines. They're buried in the wings as opposed to on pods like you that. have now. Cool. Uh, yeah, this reduces drag. It has lots of speed, lots of range. It has these large picture windows, so you oh. can take in the scenery.
1: It's a point of competition with the Viscount, because one thing the Viscount does have is big windows.
0: Yeah. has a luxurious cabin. It has a bar, mm-hmm. and We're it trying. has optional rocket attachments.
1: Yes, <laughs>
0: for short takeoff and landing <laughs> at high altitudes. Uh, yeah!
1: <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yes, fuck yeah. yes. D- put this in. Uh, put this in TNO, I want to see these being used to rescue British hostages from Tehran, <laughs> landing in a stadium. I no, I, all of the rocket-assisted takeoff stuff fucking whips. Uh, we, t- we talked about that on the Starfighter episode a bit yeah. too. Um, it's, it's cool. It's objectively cool. Sorry.
0: I don't think they ever wound up using them, because it turned out it had enough power to take off on its own. Mm. But you could get them if you wanted. Um, So, de Havilland was completely vertically integrated, because we hadn't figured out all the weird financial tricks you can do with a lot of fake subsidiaries. <laughs> you didn't uh, need to, because like, the, yeah. Br- the
1: British aircraft industry was like immediately post-war, which meant that we had like... Five or six of the fuckers like Supermarine and Avro that we didn't need yeah. that we're gonna have to like find something to do like this. Um, yeah. and which all for like resilience's sake all built everything in house.
0: Yeah, so they build the fuselage, they build the wings, they build the landing gear, they build everything except the engines,
1: mm. which are yeah, you from gotta please say Rolls Royce right now.
0: Rolls Royce,
1: yeah! No, yeah, yeah. All right, triumph of like post war British engineering. Let's do it, yeah. Um, ignore the fact you, that it you says Pratt and Whitney it's, up here. You deserve one, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> listen, listen, Pratt, Pratt and Whitney are for shit. Give me a Rolls Royce yeah, any day yeah. of the week. Uh,
0: so this is the Rolls Royce Avon, named for the River Avon.
1: Mm, all the cosmetics company, the multi-level yeah. marketing scam. Uh,
0: this engine is still in production as a stationary turbine.
1: Fuck yeah, British equivalent yeah. to the Soyuz. You know, yes. you, you do it once, you do it right, and it, if it still works, you keep making it.
0: Exactly, this is it. This is the pinnacle of British superiority in engineering.
1: <laughs> that's right, kind of. Yeah, this is the high watermark awesome <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah, after this, the decline.
0: Yeah, because you had the the British steel industry was one of the greatest in the world. They had the yeah. ability to produce the super alloys, right? The high performance steels which could resist creep for hundreds or thousands of hours, right? Um, and that this engine,
2: germinate.
0: yeah, this engine was what was going to make the De Havilland Comet possible, right? Each of these guys, they were originally designed to produce, I think, sixty five hundred pounds of force, but they were upgraded gradually to seventy three hundred pounds, and then later ten thousand pounds of force. Wow. Um, they sipped fuel at a very low rate for the time because they had very high compression ratios. Um, so this is this is the engine that was going to make Britain dominate aviation forever, right?
1: Yeah, we're gonna get in early on this like, post-war, uh, like, post-war consensus shit, we're gonna win the Cold yeah. War, everybody's gonna be sipping tea.
0: Yeah. Um, exactly. Well, as evidenced by the fact that I had a bunch of coffee this morning, uh, that did not happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <you're>, we, <laughs> instead,
1: we're all buying your blue jeans, and you're yeah. not listening to the Beatles um, and, and drinking tea. Yeah.
0: Um, so, this was designed, tested, and brought into production in only five years. From 1945 to 1950.
1: I, I, again, you look at the stuff in this country now where it's like, can we do stuff? No. Um, not at all. Can can we do it in 5 years, 10 years? No. I, compare this to fucking HS2, or whatever, and yeah, okay, there's a difference in scale, but like, just philosophically, something has gone badly wrong.
0: Yes. Um, now, with that in mind, um, since I drank a bunch of coffee, talk amongst yourselves while I use the restroom."
2: Oh, God. damn
1: it, <laughs> yeah, of dude. Of course. Uh, okay, well, I've just done uh, one of my favorite things, which is go to Etsy and look for stuff that is made out of stuff, and I have found someone who has made a, uh, like, games table, like for playing chess or backgammon or whatever, on sure. out, out of the exhaust cone of a Rolls-Royce Avon. That is um, pretty
2: fucking sick.
1: The downside is that it costs £1,350, and there's one of them in existence.
2: Alright, so here's um, the thing, right? Patrons, if you're listening to this, and if you're just listening to this, in your car, on your commute, uh, Alice, what's your paypal?
1: <laughs> it's uh, paypal.me slash avizandum, uh, you, you can you can hit me up with this, so yeah, this one this one guy on Etsy, uh, names Dapper Aviation, D A P P R. Um, make stuff out of like old salvaged aviation stuff, which is probably like covered in benzene and horrible for oh, you. And yeah, makes you you're, dive, you're like, gonna every melt. Cancer. You're gonna melt. But if you want like a coffee table that's made out of like uh, a jet exhaust fan, or a desk that's made out of uh, like the emergency exit door from a Sea King, this is your guy, right? And I'm I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff. So, uh please, send me all of the money that you have, I, I will use it for this, and I will have no regrets. I will drink my coffee on the coffee table that is giving me, like, benzene exposure. Um, and, you, and, and
2: you deserve to, to have the things you want. Yes, exactly.
1: That's right. That's right. I mean, some of this stuff, there's there's like a, a, a bowl made out of the wheel bearing of an Airbus A330. Like...
2: That's crazy.
1: It, it it's cool, but like so much of this stuff, this repurposed stuff because there's the military version of this. that's like, oh, do you want a shot glass that's made out of like a forty millimeter like uh like rifle grenade? Yes, I do. Uh, and the answer is yeah, of course I do. But I'm also slightly concerned about my like lead and explosives nah. consumption. Uh, all right, well I know what I'm getting you as a as a, like a late wedding present is you're getting a set of forty millimeter shot glasses.
2: I'll take them. I'll use Heck, them I'm every back. day.
1: Th- th- uh, thank you. We've we've been doing like sky mall. Um, in uh, sort of multiple senses.
2: Yeah. I also wanted to, uh, uh, since, uh, since we've gone to air, multiple people have tweeted about the things they bought for the Lutheran settlement house. I want to thank you again. Uh, we are going to make these people have a Merry Christmas, whether they want to or not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I went over to the bathroom and I looked at the window in there and I was like, oh my God, is there some kind of apocalyptic storm coming? No, Never it's is, just right. five, five o'clock. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just uh, that dark out now.
2: <laughs> I, you can see through the I live on that... a higher
1: latitude than you. I, I, I yeah. live Yeah, but on... you do
2: it voluntarily, that's fine.
1: I, 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 well, I live in the same latitude as uh, St. Petersburg, I think, or like uh, any of the Canadian cities.
0: Yeah, you're much higher than the Canadian cities, actually. Yeah. Montreal's at the same latitude as Madrid, if I recall correctly.
1: Jesus. <laughs> Canadians are pussies about the cold, then, I guess. Oh, I don't, your, your pussy's about the heat, so, everybody relax. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Everyone's everyone's a pussy in their own way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I sure am. Put that on the like quote page, you know?
2: Thanks <laughs> so, whoever edits our TV tropes, except for the one guy yeah. who was really mean about the stuff we got wrong in the, uh... Reinhold Rath- Messner. Reinhold Messner is Zimbabwean. Yeah. Uh, They were mad at us about the Bradley fighting vehicle. uh, Oh, that yeah.
1: Okay,
0: listen, listen. We never, we never uh, claim to be a factual program like Top Gear.
1: This is this (laughs) is for entertainment (laughs) value only. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah.
0: So um, here we have a nice illustration and cutaway of the the Havilland Comet. You can say we we have this um we have this nice compartment here with tables. We have the main compartment which has the whopping thirty six passengers. Um, there's a galley, which is quite large, especially by modern standards. Um, men's toilet, women's toilet, men's dressing room,
2: women's
1: dressing room. They, they, (laughs) they, they, they gendered the airliner.
2: Yes, I mean, what kind I, of hormones do you need for that? It's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's like
1: regressive, but it's, it's kind of impressive that they had the space to do that, you know, yeah. and that they, they, they thought to do that. It's very, very weird to like look at this airliner and do the Pentagon thing of you know this was actually designed with twice as many bathrooms as it needed to. Um, yes, maybe. exactly. Um,
0: um, so yeah, it's, uh, it, 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 it was very luxurious. Airliner was very much built in the old way of you know we're we're gonna we're we're you know you're going to have a big seat and you're going to relax for a while while we take you through seat 35 to, different airports like, to do what would now be a nonstop flight.
1: Rows of like two either side. Also beautiful beautiful aircraft but especially so with the like black cockpits around. I always oh, yeah. think this anytime you give a play in the black cockpits around I'm like love this. Um we got to bring cunty. back the
0: uh we got to we got to bring back the uh cheat stripe. I believe is what that's called.
1: What? Is that I, I, I thought the cheat stripe was just down the side. Well, um, G- okay,
0: yeah, so I don't know what it's called in the front. If, if you know yet. what
1: this is called, sound off in the comments. Please write yeah, right, right yeah, yeah. into Sorry the Sorry we got it wrong. And, and I wanna make a little model of this, I wanna send, get back to this. And then, us, and
2: then and also buy the kids gifts, yeah. I'm not gonna stop plugging this one.
1: I, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy the kids like 500 FX de Havilland Comets, they're gonna be like whatever you gotta stick, do. Sticking like wings to each other and shit, There's go, they're gonna, gonna be like swallowing paint,
2: I, yeah. We're
0: gonna give the kids a shitload of testers models airplane glue. Um,
2: yeah. I, I also, uh, if you're still listening, if you haven't turned this one off, uh Actually, you can that's also, a valid
1: question, what's the what's the like age range of toys that you want?
2: Uh, the age range is literally 0 to 18. Alright, um,
1: well, de Havilland Comets it is, you're getting a yeah, pallet yeah. full of you're them. Getting a you a of, of de Havilland Comets. That's
2: fine. Uh, you can also email uh, rwalker, w-a-l-k-e-r, at lshfilly.org if you wanna buy gift cards. Uh, that's for the older kids, because uh, no one knows what to get older kids. With you all right with The Haviland Comet model if you, kit. If, if anyone wants to buy the Havilland model comet kit, some kid out there is going to have a very very fucking. Oh, just, now, see, this is the thing. Now, now I I can't do it because what I've
1: done is I've done the peas thing again. Uh, this is this is something that happened with Trash Future, where uh, so so the boys were in uh Weatherspoons, a chain pub, without me. Um, and I like, know this hey, story. Hey, <laughs> we're at this table, and Weatherspoons did this thing, where you're like, if you put in the table number, you can just order online, and you can do this remotely. And I thought, okay, you know what, you can, you can just do this remotely. Everybody get them the single funniest thing on the menu, which is, as it turns out, like a bowl of peas. And so many people did this, because I underestimated my own reach, that the chef came out of the kitchen and got mad at them, and like cut them off because they weren't going to make them a hundred bowls of peas. So you gotta work out amongst yourselves how many of you are sending de Havilland Comet <laughs> model kits to Luther and Sullivan House, or pick, like, diversify your model kits purchases a little bit. We're but. gonna
0: single-handedly save the revel model company.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if they're in dire straits or anything, but I, you know, it's kind of like, uh, okay, we're gonna buy- give, give me every de Havilland <laughs> comedy you <have.
2: laughs> I look forward to Lutheran Settlement House and the kids Opening their, their various presents on Christmas, and 27th every kid, comment. <laughs> every kid has to take one. I was giving out ice cream <laughs> bars today because we had to we had to change the shit that was in the freezer, and I'm like foisting cookie dough ice cream bars on people coming into the like the food pantry, and they're like, oh, like yeah, I was like, yeah, we have canned goods and we have produce and all that stuff, and also I need you to take a pack of these ice cream bars, and people are just like, what? I'm like, I I need you to take these. Tomorrow, dark, tomorrow, tomorrow the, as... <laughs> the
0: food pantry will be full of de Havilland comets. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Listen, I, I know this is leading to, to like, a future in which I'm confronted with a photo of you surrounded by a bunch of, like, kids with a, a startling number of de Havilland comet model kids,
2: and I just... <laughs>
1: I know what I'm doing, and I, I just I, I I wish I could say I regress it, but I don't.
2: I I also want to say uh, the most important program we do, since we're we're just gonna go wildly off topic. Yeah, uh, is uh we do counseling uh, for children who have witnessed domestic violence, mm. and a bunch of you have bought stuff for the children's therapy program, and I'm gonna cry. Thank you. It's really sweet. Now, you know what
1: would cheer up any child in in really dire circumstances (laughs) is...
2: A model kit of a de Havilland comet. What I, wow. I have to, when I, what I, cause, cause the presents go to me. Like I work at, like, I, the presents go to me, I have to inventory them, and I look forward to just being like, you fucking people, you fucking people, you fucking people. There's 27 de Havilland comets and they all say yay Liam on them.
0: <laughs> Sounds like a low cost airline. Yay Liam. <laughs>
2: Peace through superior merriment. Yeah.
0: So, speaking of models of the comet, we have to talk about the construction of the Haviland Comet, right? Oh boy. So, the Haviland was, of course, not going to build this airliner out of wood, right? Uh,
2: was... It won the war! <laughs> <laughs> well, that much like Winston mean...
1: Churchill, we were like, it won the war, fuck Let's, off now, no, please. Yeah, please,
2: yeah, yeah you toss away, away people like Gallipoli, no worries. This
0: doesn't mean they weren't influenced by their earlier wooden designs, right? This was going to be a composite aircraft.
2: What is that noise?
0: That's milkshake.
2: Ah, fucking cat. Hi milkshake. Hi milkshake. Yeah,
0: hi milkshake. I ran away. Oh, but um, yeah. Oh no, he's he's found something to play with. Hi, it's Justin. Uh, so this is a commercial for the podcast that you're already listening to. Uh, People are annoyed by these, so let me get to the point. We have this thing called Patreon, right? The deal is, you give us two bucks a month, and we give you an extra episode once a month. Uh, sometimes it's a little inconsistent, but, you know, it's two bucks, you get what you pay for. Um, it also gets you our full back catalogue of bonus episodes, so you can learn about exciting topics like guns, pickup trucks, or pickup trucks with guns on them. The money we raise through Patreon, goes to making sure that the only ad you hear on this podcast is this one. Anyway, that's something to consider if you have two bucks to spare each month. Uh, Join at patreon.com forward slash WTYP pod. Do it if you want. Or don't. It's your decision, and we respect that. Back to the show. Much of the aircraft was actually made of new plastics and polymers, various new weight, lightweight alloys, fiberglasses, so on and so forth. Only the skin was entirely metal, Um, you know, because this whole thing is sort of an experimental exercise in building this jet aircraft, this pressurized aircraft, so on and so forth. No one had built a pressurized cabin this big before. Hmm. And to wring the maximum performance out of the aircraft had to be both extremely lightweight and extremely strong, which meant some new construction techniques also take into account you are bonding different materials to each other a lot of the time.
1: Okay. So... Oh boy! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, you can take the wood away, you can't Fry's take the glue off. away. Yeah, no, never. Yeah.
0: Oh, there's a bunch of welds and stuff because the airplane's made of metal. No, it's glue. It's all saves, glue.
2: Saves <laughs> weight. Saves <laughs> weight.
0: You got a million different plastics, polymers, fiberglasses, metals, other materials. You need glue. Glue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I maybe would bolt stuff together or weld stuff. Nah, but, fuck okay. that. Saves weight. Yeah. Mm. Glue. I mean, you don't get that beautiful, like curvaceous airframe without just gluing shit together, right? Yeah.
0: So the glue used on this aircraft was called Redux, right? Cool. Which stands for researched at Duxford.
1: Huh. Okay. D- Duxford is where the uh, air bit of the Imperial War Museums are now. Yes. Ooh. It's a good. It's a good time,
0: and it's. Um. I didn't bother to look up how the chemistry works here. Yeah, it's boy. a
2: boy. F- Fuck it. You phenol- can figure it out yourself.
0: It's a phenyl formaldehyde resin, which imagine a bunch of benzene stuck together and like randomly in 3D. Um, And then it's like some kind of polyvinyl thing that's a separate part and they come together. You put them in. Um, and then you have to be cured at elevated temperatures and pressures for a long period of time. I have no fucking clue how they autoclaved a whole airplane, but apparently they did it.
1: Oh, t- two answers. One, either the biggest, like, oven hanger in the world, or a bunch of guys with heat guns.
0: Yeah, it's probably actually the second one, yeah.
1: I like the first one better. Just put it through the, like, the the hot hanger.
0: Uh, fun fact is, a lot of new airplanes are also built like this.
1: Huh. Um. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, so it's all glue?
0: There's a lot of glue involved, a yeah.
2: a lot of glue. A-
1: Ethics was telling stuff. me the truth all
0: along. Yeah. Glue. <laughs> huh. Think about that, the next time you're on a transatlantic flight and you're like, uh, about, um, I don't know. Return to ocean liners, yeah.
2: Goddamn. damn. <laughs> yeah. 1500
1: miles from land, yeah, it's glue. <laughs> well, cl- clearly this is fine, right? Clearly this works, because, you know. A, once again, you're on the ethos thing engines turn or passengers swim, like, and yeah, relatively few cases of you having to swim the Atlantic. So, clearly, the the uh, like Blues Brothers Great Marine Epoxy that holds up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it the glue is actually pretty good, is the thing that's what you ultimately have to admit. You know, you, you can come into this with a skeptical mind, you can say, How the how can you put anything together with glue? and then you look at the airplane safety record, and you're like, Well. Count the rings,
1: I, you know. I guess it worked.
2: Yeah.
1: Just like a really like a low rent Al Qaeda plot to like get on a yeah. transatlantic plane with a heat gun, just a, <laughs> trying to
2: melt it, sir. Can you please return to your sip? One minute, please.
1: <laughs> you you have like a bunch of the like modeling D bonder, you're just like throwing it around, hoping the plane falls apart in midair.
0: What the hell is the wattage on the outlet on the plane? That's what I want to know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so too does the guy who's cooking shrimp in the bathroom.
2: Oh, that fucking about, animal. Oh <laughs> yeah,
0: I was about to say. I mean, you know, you you got to think um if you hooked up enough heat guns to the outlets, um the engines wouldn't be able to provide enough power and the plane would Fall,
1: <laughs> right? That's right, how that gotta, works, we gotta, right? We gotta have the kind of like Mythbusters budget to test this yeah. stuff. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say, yeah,
2: yeah. Up those Patreon donations, yeah. donations. Yeah. You just give us money to do whatever we want. Anyway, <laughs> this, yeah. this
1: is basically like spiritually. That's what I want them to understand. They are so they stop complaining about bonus episodes. <laughs>
0: yeah, bring yeah. us, bring us the uh, highest wattage electrical appliances you have. We'll put them on an airplane and see what happens.
2: Yeah, I, f- I fly American <laughs> enough, I'm gonna test that out, that uh, Oasis layout.
0: Sir, sir, you can't bring the arc welder on the plane.
2: <laughs> look at the pretty blue light! Look at the pretty blue light. I mean,
1: you, you kind of have this, if you ever go through, if you ever look at the terms and conditions on an airline's website, or on the back of one of those signs, it's like, here's all the shit you can't bring on the plane, don't say we didn't warn you. Some of it is just like, yeah, you can't bring your, like, Obviously you can't bring your loaded firearm, you can't bring your like live biological samples, you can't bring your arc welder, um, just in case you had a nuclear weapon, you probably shouldn't bring that either. Yeah, Roz.
2: If they didn't, if they,
0: if they, if they didn't know, want Amtrak to bring me, lets
2: me- travel with my basement nuke. <laughs>
0: if they didn't want me bringing the arc welder onto the plane, why'd they put a harbor freight in the airport terminal? That's
2: a good question. <laughs> ask it, ask it the real questions.
0: Airport Harbor Freight, almost as expensive as Home Depot. My God. (laughs) (laughs) So this glue is supplemented at many points with pop rivets, right? Especially around the windows is one location.
2: Why bother? Just fucking glue it. Who gives a shit? This thing's going down in in smoke anyway. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Now, the comet is engineered for the whole of the British Empire, which means it needed to cope with a wide variety of climates, and it needed to cope with those climates changing rapidly, right? Because you might have a flight in... Uh, London to Karachi, although most likely that'd be London to Rome, to Cairo, to Karachi. Um, I think maybe Bahrain you'd stop as well. Mm. Uh, We'll get to that later.
1: Either way, you're like sitting out on a tarmac for like eight hours refueling. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: Getting really, really hot, and then mm -hmm. going up in the air and getting really, really cold. Right? So all these glued together parts still had to work cohesively as the plane expanded and contracted from thermal effects. Right. It had to do this for several tens of thousands of times, all while it had to hold pressure. And the pressure changes, of course, because you pressurize, you depressurize, you pressurize, you depressurize uh, before the plane reached the end of its lifespan. Right. You have a lot of cyclical loading here, Um, you know, and these loads aren't crazy heavy loads. They just happen lots and lots and lots of times.
2: Yeah. Gotcha. So. Oh, she's a beaut. she's,
1: She's so pretty. The, yeah. the, the kind of plane that makes you want to use the she-her pronouns for, for it. Yes. Uh,
0: what kind of hormones do you need for that?
1: God damn it, <laughs> Estrogen. Yeah.
0: One Actually, clue. I, I sexually identify as a 1950s airliner.
1: I might start, to be honest. <laughs> Someone <laughs> on Twitter already does, don't worry. <laughs> I have a lot of, like, 1960s flight attendant looking women inside me. Um,
2: <laughs> God. Damn it. Yeah, that's pretty good, though. That's pretty good. <laughs>
0: Remember, this episode's for the kids. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Give them a Neville and Yeah, yeah. I, hi, anyone I work with. Uh, sorry, please don't fire me. <laughs> no way they're
1: lasting this long. You're fine.
2: No, no. I'll, one of my coworkers is like, Yeah, when you first started volunteering here, I listened to a couple episodes. It was pretty funny. I'm like, You don't need to lie to me. Any a, any any time
1: any I talk to anyone about this, like my tattoo artist or my driving instructor, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'll have to check that out." I'm like, We both know that you're lying about that, and I'm so grateful that you are because if you if you like tell me the next time I see you, oh hey, great job with the De Havilland Comet. I'm running. <laughs> I'm jumping out a window. Yeah, uh, yeah. If, <laughs> yeah, if, if that yeah. happens in a driving lesson, I just pop the door like right, at, at right. twenty and just like right. roll.
2: Right. Well, I, the thing is, hi, mom. Hi, dad. Uh, you know, th- they get all their friends to listen to it. too, and, and my mom's like, oh, all my friends think your podcast is so funny. And it's just like, these are very serious people with very serious jobs. and I'm just here like dick jokes, dick jokes, poop jokes, poop jokes, poop mm-hmm, jokes. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? This episode's for the kids yeah (laughs) very very earnest discussions of making a a children's christmas because they didn't have uh, anything before and we're gonna save christmas for a bunch of people nestled in between jokes about cop much
0: like wu-tang clan well there's your problem is for the children yeah yeah
2: yeah uh so we are so, uh, what's the, what's the, no, you know what, it's fine, it's fine, keep it going.
0: So, uh, the Comet 1 was introduced in 1952, with some modifications from the original
2: design. Hey, it's gonna be a stupid question, but what are the red things on the, on the way? Engine covers.
1: You gotta, gotta cover okay. the engine to thought. make sure that's that shit thought. doesn't okay. get into it, right uh, yeah. and, uh, yeah, so you don't like build a wasp's nest in there, it's something which you can crash the plane with. Uh, yes. The plane has a bunch of orifices for like engines and pitot tubes and stuff. And if stuff yeah. gets into them and blocks them, like ice or wasps or whatever the fuck, then it can be really bad. So you got to keep a little cover over them.
0: Yeah, you gotta you gotta deliver the plane with all holes filled. Uh, that's um, yeah. So God, anyway, damn
2: it. <laughs> for the children, <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Comet One was introduced 1952, but they had to make some modifications from the original design. Right, the Rolls Royce Avons. Weren't available yet; they were still in development.
1: Let's go. So, so, some things in this country remain the same.
0: Yeah. So You'll they get installed
1: like it. older
0: the Havilland Ghost engines.
2: Oh boy! Right. Cool okay. name. Yeah. Is it because it ghost because it doesn't show up when you need it to? <laughs>
0: no, that was the Avon. The ghost was actually right there waiting.
2: I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna fight you.
0: <laughs> so. In order to compensate for this, the already very light Comet 1 was therefore lightened further to lessen the performance hit.
1: I love aeronautics. Uh, yes. I, I love aerodynamics. I love the plane that is so light and so beautiful that it like, <laughs> cannot be handled except by the the delicate touch of a lesbian.
2: Uh, you fantastic. Could, you could
0: probably lift this thing with six guys.
2: Mm. <laughs> or just turn around like a Fiat? Yeah. <laughs> Uh
0: the launch customers were British Overseas Aerospace Corporation, yep. Air France, and Union Aero Maritime de Transport.
1: Oh, okay. you killed that, buddy. That's I, also I, I, French. I like that France, France's aircraft industry was still fucked at this point, so we're making them buy British.
2: Yeah. Uh, and yeah.
1: how much did they resent that?
2: Oh, we oh. we painted uh Battle of Agincourt on the side of all these. You wanted that, right? <laughs>
1: uh so here
0: it is, looking very pretty on the tarmac. Yeah, um, yep. Here's the cockpit. Ooh!
1: Yeah, oh, look no, at i what, what, it
2: switches! <laughs> you know what, that
1: looks pretty in a different way. And to me, this this contains a distinct, unmistakable, transgender vibe, and I'm not sure how. It's very difficult to explain, but it, yeah, I dunno, it's just like, a, it's very, very sleek and on the outside, and then on the inside it's like, a bunch of almost Soviet-looking industrial controls. Mm-hmm. Uh, that are like, really tactile. This is the autism powering me when the outside looks like the outside of the De Havilland. You know? Yes.
0: This is uh, th- this is a very cool looking cockpit, and I mean, okay, it's uh, this is back when you had a pilot, you had a co-pilot, you had a flight engineer, and you had a navigator.
1: I see the little navigator's table. The
2: chairs! The shape of the
1: chairs.
0: Yeah. It's cause, uh, this is back before everyone got fat. <laughs> um
2: <laughs> oh, you'll you'll get your corn subsidies and like it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just added this picture in here. I don't I don't have anything to say other than it looks cool. Um, I did really you does know, look cool.
1: The visibility was, is for shit. Like really small window panes. Uh but again, I like the way that looks. I think that's very pretty.
0: Presumably yeah. since it's 1950, you know, you have a pilot and a co-pilot so that when you're not drinking martinis, the other guy can take over.
1: Uh <laughs> Yeah, one guy goes back to like sexually abuse the like flight uh, the cabin crew, and the other guy keeps flying and drinking.
0: Look, we need this to stay calm and collected,
2: okay? (laughs) Shoot it it down. The the
1: the like um um like mill m i a style fans just poking out of the kind of like
2: blanket roof upholstery oh uh, yeah very, i, l- I very love nice. i love
0: a I love a fan you can stick your finger in and it gets chopped off
2: oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey you know what i'm going to do with your intake fans and your case that you probably don't clean <laughs> so Ross. anyway <laughs> anyway um
0: the launch of the comet uh, is marred by a few early incidents,
1: right? Beautiful, beautiful BOAC livery. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the cheat line. Mm. Uh, yes.
0: With the cheat line. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the first one was on the 26th of October, 1952. This uh, is BOAC flight 115 from London to Johannesburg, right? Mm. And it made several stopovers, including uh, Rome Ciampino International Airport. I think it's Ciampino. Is it Ciampino? Yeah. I think so. yeah okay. I think yeah. So. I'm, let, let's stick with Ciampino that because we're gonna have to talk about it a couple more times.
1: Um, <laughs> sort of like so, a European hub.
0: Yes, it was the big, the big Rome airport. Now it only had Rome, one runway, but it was the big Rome airport,
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs>
0: as opposed to Leonardo da Vinci now, which is just a surreal space. Hmm. Um, so anyway. At uh, Rome Ciampino International Airport, uh, they were on takeoff, um, and they pulled the nose back, and they pulled a little bit back too far, and it went into something that was like a stall, right? They aborted the takeoff. uh, The plane skidded to the end of the runway. The landing gear got taken off by a big mound of dirt, um, and they sort of came to a halt, right? And then this resulted in no fatalities but they wrote off the aircraft.
1: Oh, so you just um, have like a cool, frightening time.
0: Yes. Um, this was likely caused by pilot error. Because mm. ah. one of the things was, uh, you were developing training programs for the first jet airliner. No one had flown this. Uh, most people had not flown a jet airplane before uh, this were, thing came out. So you Nazis. know, it's,
1: yeah. Mm, yeah, exactly. So if you've flown like bombers in the war, which gives you like the best sort of Flying time and like a sort of like size airframe, uh, yeah. you're used to like you know flying over you know Munich or whatever while uh, while you try and create like an incendiary firestorm, and now you have like a jet aircraft that weighs nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. And on March third, nineteen fifty-three, Canadian Pacific Airlines.
2: What? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> the railroad.
0: The railroad, yes. Oh God! Um, this is a train. Canadian Pacific Airlines lasted surprisingly long. They had seven forty sevens and everything. Huh, um, wow! They also had the cool Canadian Pacific multi mark on the tail. They look really good. They're good looking. Uh, they're good looking yeah. planes. Yeah, but, it's uh, hard this to is make a, a
1: plane look bad when the plane is this, but yes. even so, it looks really nice.
0: Yeah. So Canadian Pacific Airlines uh, was doing a delivery flight. I think they were getting their first Comet. Um, it was going to be called Empress of Hawaii. Um and this was due to fly a route between Sydney and Honolulu. Um, so it was being delivered, miserable. but they st- they still had a couple of paying passengers on. Um, and they took off at Karachi Airport, which was another really big important airport at the time. Hmm. They took off. They rotated back too quick. They started to stall. Uh, and then they pitched back down and they couldn't stop it. And they uh, went off the end of the runway, slid down an embankment into a drainage canal, killing five crew and six passengers. Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hard plane to fly then or hard plane to take off.
0: Yes. Uh, Canadian Pacific airlines canceled their order for another aircraft at that point. Um, it was also likely pilot error, but by this time it was clear this plane is just difficult to fly on takeoff, right? Mm. So, de Havilland decides we're gonna make some alterations, uh, they adjust the wing profile so it's harder to stall, easier to control during takeoff. They make all these corrections, everyone's happy. There's another comet that crashes in a storm near Calcutta on May 2nd, 1953, but that's a sudden squall that appeared out of nowhere, and back then it was like, ah, well, you know, the plane crashed in weather, that's normal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. A single drop of rain has hit it, fine, write the whole thing off. Uh, uh, this
0: was a quite nasty storm that appeared out of nowhere. So, mm. so everyone's like, "All right, this is a fine, safe airplane." Until, oh god, the big wrecks, oh dear. the big inexplicable ones. Die, one of support these, your
1: local medical examiner, die strangely.
0: Yes, British Overseas Aerospace Corporation Flight Seven Eighty One. I always forget which one. BOAC Flight <laughs> Seven Eighty One. They're flying from Singapore to London by way of. Bangkok, Rangoon, Calcutta, Karachi, Bahrain, Beirut, and Rome.
2: Fuck I mean, all that. No, that's <laughs> a lot of sounds.
1: <laughs> I, I I get scared having to take more than a direct flight because that's more than once in the scary tube that pitches up really hard. And you're expecting me to do what one, two, three, four, five, six, six takeoffs uh in this thing.
0: Oh, uh, you know, it's uh people hadn't realized that planes are better when they don't make so many stops yet.
1: Um, I guess so, and I I guess the other thing too is it sounds like quite a nice itinerary if you imagine that you you know get to go to Rangoon or Beirut, but instead you just sit in the plane. I don't know if I'd
0: want to go to Bahrain. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or 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 in the like you know lobby in Karachi, you know, drinking uh, while they refuel the plane.
0: Right, hanging out in like uh, colonial Karachi, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah, a, a yeah. bunch of guys in khakis, you know, hanging out.
2: <laughs> Silly hats, yes.
1: Yeah, and
0: you can just talk about all the atrocities you did.
1: Mm. And <laughs> yeah. I mean recent atrocities, cause this is, uh, you know, right. like early 50s, like, partition is not even a decade past.
0: Oh yeah. So, this plane was the first production comet, and it takes off on its final leg from Rhone Ciampino to London on the 10th of January, 1954. It reaches altitude, and it blows up.
2: Just blows up?
0: Just blows up.
1: Just
2: Jesus. Blows up. And I mean, cool. 1954,
1: okay. terrorism hadn't been invented yet, I understand. Yeah, they didn't have
0: that, it was just called, uh, that was just called warfare back then. It was then. just
2: called yeah. the CIA, yeah.
0: Yeah. I barely had the CIA.
2: Sure, true. Yeah, they were still doing Gladio, don't worry.
0: Oh, this is true, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this blows up, it killed everyone on board, there's no black yeah. box recorder at this time,
1: right?
2: When did those get invented, do we have a date on that? Uh,
1: uh, That's a good question. One that I will Google right now. We do, we do our research on this yeah uh,
2: yeah, it's the yeah. well there's your problem extended universe.
1: Uh...
0: we're very very highly researched podcast with original ideas. H Bomber Guy, do not make a four hour video about us.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> please. We're, for yeah, we, right. we're, we're for the, for the children. Gareth has a family. For the children and Gareth has a family. Yeah. I please the fact that we turn Wikipedia articles into it's a transformative work. God, please.
2: <laughs> uh, speaking of, of uh that I was able to with a uh, somebody donated, able to uh, buy two LEGO Star Wars Boba Fett starships. My
1: god, Ooh. maybe we
2: make too much
1: money. Uh, if so, it was first designed in 1939, uh, wow. by a guy called François Ousinot, uh, and he called it the Ousinograph. Um, of course he
2: did the five.
1: Then it was independently invented in the UK during World War II, independently reinvented in 1942 in Finland, independently reinvented again in America in 1943, independently reinvented again in 1953 in Australia. Wow. How many fucking times do we have to invent this fucking thing? It's just like the calculus. It, 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 the it, calculus. Invented again in the US and patented in 1953. Uh. It's, when did we fu- there is no answer? It seems like every dickhead in the world has invented this at one time or another. I'm gonna, like gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> say this now I have invented the air, the uh, air, like aircraft cockpit data recorder,
2: yeah. And hey, Reinhold right. Messner is uh, from Zimbabwe, that's right.
0: Yeah. What do you think More about the it? Children. The uh, Amazon Electra is uh, Amazon, not Electra, Electra is a Lockheed product, uh, the <laughs> Amazon Alexa. Is uh is um sort of a black box recording. The
1: Amazon Electra is the like home assistant that tries to like fuck its dad.
0: Well, the Amazon Electra would be a uh, Lockheed Electra was another competing aircraft to this. Um, yeah, and,
1: and Electra in Greek mythology is the the Electra complex, kind of the female uh, analog to Oedipus because oh. she fucked her dad. Shit is nasty.
0: That's weird that they have an aircraft called the Electra, but they don't have an aircraft called the Oedipus.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there once was a man named Dedibus Rex. You may have heard of his odd complex. Yes. So I know Toddler songs too, asshole. <laughs> 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 for <the> initially, children.
0: <laughs> initially, this was suspected to be a bomb that caused the explosion, right? They hadn't
1: invented that yet though. Yeah, no,
0: but it they could had have been bombs. like some
1: guy who was just out of the war who had just like brought his bomb on board yeah. for fun.
0: Initially, you know, the popular suspicion was this was a bomb, right? But forensic investigation of the bodies proved something else. There was traumatic lung damage, indicative of everyone's been lungs ex-
2: vaping, <laughs> oh, no, popcorn lung.
0: No, no, they they'd been smoking. This was back when men were men. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing you got to remember about the uh, the De Havilland comment, You could smoke on this, <laughs>
1: yeah, full of, full of cigarette smoke.
0: Yeah. So anyway, uh, everyone's lungs had exploded. Ooh. Yeah.
1: I I hope that doesn't happen to me. I don't
0: that. Not- the plane had clearly decompressed very rapidly, right? Uh, but the cause of the decompression was uncertain. Most of the aircraft was recovered by the Royal Navy because it was in bits and pieces, and it, you know, sort of ripped apart on on, on contact with the uh, uh, ocean,
1: right? Mm, very uh, light, but the, you know, just gas. Yeah.
0: The actual cause of the aircraft uh, accident could not be determined. Uh, but eventually... De Havilland figured, okay, this was probably a thrown turbine blade, right? So they created a design for up armoring the turbine housing to stop it from happening again. Uh, BOAC grounded their fleet until all the aircraft were li- retrofitted. All the aircraft were retrofitted. Problem solved, right? Yeah, easy. Yeah. Oh,
1: did it? Oh, no. Until. Oh, boy. You're getting your money's worth. Like a lot of disasters for one. Look at this old school Shelby P truck. This is pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Lettering on that. That's hand lettered, too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's back when, you know, you had to actually go up there and paint. You could paint your own font.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how to paint, Roz?
0: Do I know how to paint?
2: Yeah.
0: I can do watercolors, but I'm pretty rusty on it.
2: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: I've shown you the watercolors I did on study abroad in college.
2: Oh, yes, you did. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I I have a drinking problem. That's fine. We're for the children. Yeah. We're for...
0: <laughs> South African Airways flight
1: 201. <laughs> Spirits of alarmingly racist. Yes. <laughs>
0: on 8th of April, 1954. They were using a leased BOAC Comet, and this flight would travel with intermediate stops from London to Johannesburg, which is a very popular route, apparently.
2: Yeah, I bet it is. Mm.
0: They took off from London, and they went to Rome <laughs> Ciampino
1: Airport, <laughs> uh, the what? airport that kills <laughs> the Havilland
2: Comets. Yeah,
0: they landed, and they were delayed a full twenty-five hours there for some light repair work.
2: Oh fuck me! Cool. No, get off the
1: plane, yeah. dummies. I mean, I hope you, you they book you on the next plane and just everybody who was booked on this one missed it. But
0: I who knows. I mean, back then it was like, Okay, what's my alternative for getting to Johannesburg?
2: Swim real slow. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: take a ocean liner.
2: Take a steamer, right, exactly. Yeah, it's going enjoy uh, twenty five hours at Rome Airport.
0: Yeah, I was about to say Cecil Rhodes never finished uh Cape to Cairo Railroad, so uh mm. you know, this is uh this
2: unspeakably is, drunk on my layover, yeah.
0: This is your only option. So after being delayed for a full 25 hours at the airport, um, the plane took off from Rome-Ciampino, and uh, Rome-Ciampino mulched another comet. Uh, it, dis- it disintegrated Nipples. over the ocean about 70 miles west of Naples.
1: No, Naples? No, Naples. As in, like, see, see Naples and die. Yeah. yeah.
0: Napoli. Which I guess, yeah. I guess
1: they did, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, Naples is very nice, I want to spend more time there sometime, I've only been there for like uh, Six hours, mm. and I was go to the train museum. Uh, <laughs> Beautiful, very good train museum. Anyway, so the ocean was too deep here for a salvage operation, so it couldn't be conclusively determined what happened here. I don't
1: think the bed was that deep, was
0: it? No. Apparently, in this location, it was. Ah. They did not recover any of the wreckage of this one, to my knowledge.
1: And the one guy who like brought his bomb on the plane got away with it. Well, mm-hmm. sort of
0: well no at this point it was starting to raise suspicion like okay why did these two planes just disintegrate for Bullsh, no apparent right. reason sure, yeah
1: sure
0: um I they assume did. they tried to figure out if the airport was malicious in some way but um eventually they had to move Not to scientific methods
1: they put the plane in jail
0: they put the plane in plane jail
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> oh, no. That does not look very aerodynamic.
0: Yeah. How do we figure out what went wrong with the plane as you build a huge fuck off water tank and test it? Huh. This was the Cohen committee named for Lord Cohen, who I forgot to put his first name in the notes here. Um, but uh, essentially, there was some suspicion that, OK, maybe there's some pressurization failures here. How do we find out if that is correct? Uh, let's do full scale testing. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. So BOAC donated a whole airframe to the committee and they had what they called a water torture chamber built around the fuselage.
1: This being plane jail.
0: This is plane jail. Yes. They let your wings stick out, but you're submerged. Um, Yeah. The test procedure was very simple. The aircraft was filled with water and then submerged in water. The fuselage was then pressurized and then depressurized from zero to 8.25 pounds per square inch over and over and over and over again. And it was observed by means of both mechanical stress gauges and something called an inverted periscope.
1: Cool. Uh,
0: yeah. Cause normally when you use a periscope, you're under the water and the top of the periscope is above the water. Periscope. But in this case, it was inverted.
1: <laughs> periscope. <laughs> periscope. You use this telescope. Telescope. <laughs> <laughs> so this was to, and they
0: determined where and how stress fatigue affected the airframe. Um, as cracks formed in the airframe, they were monitored very closely. But they only had one airplane to work with. So when it was determined that they were nearing catastrophic failure, they actually drained the tank, and the airplane went in and patched up the airplane. Oh,
2: magnificent!
0: <laughs> yeah. So they did 11,319 pressure cycles in the airplane jail.
1: That's not a lot for aircraft, is it?
0: Like um yeah, you got to think um if you're doing I mean you're doing these short hops, so you might be doing several pressure cycles a day. Um you know, so it's not it, it it's probably a few years worth, but it's not like a huge amount, right? Yeah, that- and this one, it had, had 747 pressure cycles applied to it when it was in service, which were counted towards that number. Um, and uh, they observed nine cracks in total.
2: Oh, that's not so good.
0: There were seven on the windows, two at the port forward escape hatch, and uh, yeah.
1: What you got to do, if you notice the crack opening before you, if you're on the, the comet, what you got to do is you got to get your drill that you bought from the Airport Harbor Freight in Rome, and you gotta drill a hole at each end of the crack, which will instantly depressurize the aircraft and kill you, but will stop the crack from spreading.
0: Hold that thought to the next slide. (laughs) Jeez. Uh, Oh no.
1: I hate when I anticipate shit so much.
0: So, the investigator concluded that when the cracks were big enough to observe, they were already 90% of the way to catastrophic failure. Um, when they were big enough to observe was when they were a quarter of an inch long. Um, and this was on an airframe which had no paint on it, so it was easier to look at the cracks, right um once you once you had that crack, uh, you had very rapid propagation afterwards, uh, which was sometimes temporarily stopped from a rivet hole.
1: yeah, why don't they make the whole plane out of the rivet holes?
2: That's a good question.
1: Well... No, it's not. Either. You, you <laughs> wouldn't have a plane, then. You just have a kind of a flying colander. Yeah, so, these
0: cracks usually propagated from-
1: <laughs> why, why don't they make the whole plane out of the rivet holes and it flashes up the, like, um, like false correlation plane with all of the holes <laughs> yeah. in it?
0: Yeah, I was about to say, you wind up with a negative plane.
1: <laughs> like the
0: anti-plane. Yeah. What happens when you hit an anti-plane with a plane?
1: It's
2: just mm, mirrored in block, dude. Delays. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. So almost all of these cracks uh, propagated from rivet holes instead of from the edge of the windows, which is something that like is sort of in the popular conscious. We'll get to that. Okay. Um, so if you had uh, a crack that was from uh, the outer row of rivets, it tended to propagate outwards, which was a big problem. But if it was from the inner row of rivets, it went inwards and then stopped.
1: Yeah, because it runs into another rivet hole, or the window.
0: There were some that propagated from one rivet hole to another, and then they stopped for a while, yeah. Um, So yeah, you see this is a window corner here, which is a curve. This is an escape hatch corner here, that's another curve. Uh, You have the rivets, shown here. This dotted line is the outline of the glue. Um,
2: (laughs) God. Sweet gracious God.
0: Now, they did all these pressure cycles, and they tried to avoid doing a catastrophic failure just to make sure that they could figure out what was going on. Eventually, it did happen. Um, Yeah, this is at the forward escape hatch after 11,246 cycles.
1: You have a kind of stable door effect, where you can open the top Mm -hmm. and the bottom separately.
0: Yes. Um, And so, uh, you know, obviously... We have sort of a root cause here. We can see that these the the airframe is failing a lot sooner than it should. Uh, what is the cause, though? Um, and this is something called stress concentrations, right? Hmm. So if you have materials under stress, they don't like sharp corners.
1: You should make it less rigid and have fewer right angles.
0: Yeah, um, it's good to it's good to have curves. Um,
1: I I personally feel this also. I agree. Yes. Yes.
0: So, under loading conditions, uh, stress tends to build up in sharp corners. We uh, built
1: an airplane that's like, feminine, but not curvy enough, we built a twink plane.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, and so this could sort of increase loads uh, on specific parts of a part Daddy. very significantly, right? So...
1: <laughs> the twink plane is suffering from like, two intense loads. Yeah. This what do you sort of, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Yeah.
0: What you're sort of looking at here is um, uh, we're looking at uh, stress lines here, right? And these are hmm. sort of a, a way to illustrate how force is distributed. Um, I forget where I got this from, uh, so I, I don't know how to credit it. H uh, Bomber Guy, do not make a video about us.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if, if nothing else, we could, you know, glass houses about making four hour videos.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So you can sort of see, uh, this is a way to visualize how loads flow. You can see these lines get much closer around this corner, right? So you have an increase in stress around here. Um, And what that means is, uh, even though the actual uh, load here is whatever, um, right here in this specific location, it's three times whatever. Um, And you can actually reduce this load just by changing the shape of the material or the part um, not even necessarily by adding material you can remove material and make a a part stronger um, just by changing the shape mm-hmm. so yeah stress concentrations are bad now on the comet this was particularly bad because of how the rivets were designed they were countersunk right so they're flush with the fuselage you can see here this is a uh, a cross section of a countersunk hole right mm-hmm. a lot of times you do this for screws so that they're they're flush with the surface um this is not bad in and of itself if it's done right but when they put the rivets in they did not drill the holes they punched the holes uh-huh. so there were like little flakes of metal in there there's all kinds of these little places where you Four could you know shit. you could opportuni- opportunistically start a crack propagating from an existing little metal flake right Mm-hmm. These stress concentrations were greatly exaggerated by uh just the the methodology here. The other thing they did, let's go back uh two slides here. This uh redux joint, the glue.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. I decided they didn't need it.
1: Oh. Around they, the windows. They forgot to put the glue on they the didn't glue put plane. The,
0: they didn't put the glue on, no.
1: <laughs> God <laughs> damn it, dude. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> If nothing else, I want them to use, like, an excess of glue. Like, I want mm-hmm. the plane to be, like, sticky to the there touch. Right. Yes.
0: <laughs> I just didn't use the glue, it was apparently, uh, probably fine. Uh, Turns out it was not fine. Mm. Um. Yeah, so all these reinforcing panels around the windows and other holes in the fuselage were supposed to be glued on there, instead they were just riveted. So in these areas where they expected stress concentration uh, the material was rather
1: than stronger
0: it, it was weaker instead of stronger yes and they had a lot That's of idea. flaws yes yeah so there's a lot of a lot of extra stress there where there should not have been now simultaneous to these experiments being carried out um they had reconstructed most of boac flight 781 they still hadn't found the smoking gun that correlated the committee's findings.
1: It's always and cool then, when you took these like pieces of wreckage and reassembled them over the thing. That, right. That oh, yeah. to me is cool.
2: Oh, those big fuck those big fuck off hangers they have for this. Yeah,
1: like the yeah. world's biggest and grimmest jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Yes. Sending the kids at Lutheran Sullivan House the world's biggest and grimmest jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh wow, it's for the, the kids. kids.
0: Yeah, we <laughs> send, send the kids a real De Havlin Comet. <laughs> <laughs> Um so then an Italian fishing boat
1: what? picked up the Are forward They're allowed to have those yeah. under the yeah. terms of like the post war settlement. <laughs> the
0: Italian fishing boat picked up the forward roof of the aircraft, including the panel for the automatic direction finding equipment, which is a sort of radar thing. I don't remember what that is.
1: Early autopilot stuff, yeah. probably.
0: So you could you could see this is an opening up here. You can see how the crack propagated from here, and from up there, and it turned out.
1: Well, imagine that being sh- your window.
0: It's not. It's on the top of the airplane.
1: Oh, I see.
0: Yeah, um, it's uh, it's 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 an opening, but it's not an opening that has glass in it. It has other crap in it. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> as as some yeah automatic direction finding crap in it. Yeah. Um, so,
1: spinny antenna thing.
0: Exactly you could see the fatigue failure it all added up this was uh this was metal fatigue that was greatly accelerated by the fact the plane was a little bit too lightly built
1: mm. all originating from the the antenna that they also put on the plane to detect tv license evaders
0: yes and so this is determined to be the cause of the problem is that the 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 the, the, the stress concentrations and the metal fatigue that happens uh very quickly now what sort of Lodges in the popular conscious is something else entirely, which is... square windows.
1: Perfect little yeah. echo on that. Um, yeah. I will not have, uh, you know, the most beloved member of this podcast, Slandered. Yes. Uh, Activate Windows logo has done nothing wrong. <laughs> A friend to us
2: all, truly. Yeah, yes. no,
1: but th- this, is, this is the thing that you, like, I thought this was gonna be. Going in, which is when you noted the square windows. I'm like, oh damn, square windows. That 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 makes them much more vulnerable to like stress at the corners, surely. And it
0: does, but you can engineer for that, right? Um, a lot of folks say the problem with Comet One was the square windows, as evidenced by the fact that the next iteration of the aircraft had round ones. And this is not entirely true. Um, the next iteration of the aircraft also had several square openings, including. <laughs>
1: the ones that failed in the first uh, version. <laughs> okay. We've made an upgrade, we've changed yeah. nothing. We've made yeah. it
2: worse! No, we've done nothing at all, I suppose.
1: But,
0: uh, all this stuff, you know, they have rounded corners, all that's reinforced appropriately, right? When you remember uh, to
1: put the glue on.
0: Yeah, the main cause for rounding the windows was to cut down on the number of rivets, so they could use the glue instead.
1: Which they then didn't do. Uh-huh.
0: Well, on the Comet 4 they used the glue. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, the next version of the aircraft, they use the glue. This one, they're like, maybe we can get away with not using glue. Turns out you need the glue.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: And so, yeah, it, the, the, the modern aircraft also have a lot of square openings on them. Like, you know, let's say the the big door you bring the luggage in on. Mm. You know, it's not the squareness of the windows that's the problem. It's how you build them. I mean, you, you look at like these sorts of high performance pressurized environments, like, say, the International Space Station that has square windows. Well, for um, now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, there's a, you know, a right wing conspiracy theory that one of the NASA astronauts like tried to sabotage the station by drilling through a bit of the thing because she was like, because she's, yeah, a, she's woman. a woman. Well, she yeah. was
0: probably trying to stop a crack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she saved the International Space yeah, Station. Very good. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I. So, so you're telling me we could go back to the like square aesthetic windows anytime we wanted. Yes. God damn it! Why don't sort we do sort Um I, I want like a sort of a, like a really retro like multi pane aircraft window. You
0: know? I'm not. I'm not technical enough to answer that question. I think the De Havilland Comet windows actually weren't that big. Um, you know, but the uh, uh, but they were probably bigger than a lot of aircraft windows today.
1: Yeah, got um, some Aircraft now
0: aircraft windows, I think, uh, in general, leave a lot to be desired. Um, You know, it's, it's kind of I don't know. I think uh, the main thing is, you know, you're going to be stuck in the middle row 500 miles away from the window anyway. Um, why bother?
1: Yeah, I mean, l- listen. <laughs> I like looking out of the window. I find it relaxing. But on the other hand, if you just get, if you just do as the airline industry clearly wants to do, and just give me no windows and just go, okay, you are in a like, you know, P3A Poseidon. Uh, We've painted it like flat gray. You have no yeah. windows. Eat shit. Fine. You know, good.
0: Yeah, give everyone like submarine-style bunks.
1: Yeah, or oh, the yeah. canvas netting off the back of like a Galaxy or a Hercules.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, the square windows weren't the problem, it's fine to have square windows in planes, planes have lots of square openings, um, as long as they're rounded off in the corners, obviously, which Mm. they were on the Comet.
1: Why why can't we fuck around and have, like, triangular windows? That's the way of the future, you know, the rounded triangle.
0: Uh, you have, like, some kind of, like, uh, I don't know, you're just, you're, you're starting to design, like, the Zaha Hadid plane. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't it's want only that. a matter of time before, like Saudia, or or like Emirates, don't does give it, them idea. Know. Yeah, yeah. Tessellating well, think, triangular windows, where it's like you know, one I, up, I one down.
0: Believe the House of Saud bought the first uh, um, private jet, which was a De Havilland Comet Four. Huh? Yeah. That tracks. So, what's the end result here?
1: Well, you know what? It's still beautiful.
0: Yeah, it still looks good. Um, All the Comet 1s were grounded. All the Comet 2s, which I believe there are only a couple of, they were grounded. Uh, De Havilland had to come up with a new thing, which was the Comet 3. Uh, The prototype flew in like late 54, did not enter service until 1958, and most airlines had canceled their orders for them at that time because they wanted the bigger and bolder Comet 4, um, which you can see here in Malaysia, Singapore Airlines, which seems like a short flight. (laughs) <laughs> um <laughs> so uh with the comet 4 which was much improved you can see they have the round windows here um you know it was uh it had thicker gauge um outer walls it, it did not have the same metal fatigue problems it was it was a much improved aircraft um and it had the proper big rolls royce engines so it could go farther yeah. and faster
2: nice.
0: um boac became the first airline to provide non-stop transatlantic service, uh, but only eastbound.
1: Yeah, westbound you have to stop in, I guess, Gander. You know yes. I mean? yeah, yeah.
0: You did have to stop in Gander. Um, but the time and effort that were taken to develop the new, safer comet meant that Boeing and Douglas had time to eat de Havilland's lunch with the 707 and DC-8 respectively.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I listen, I, I like a DC-8 not as much as I like a DC-10. Um, but you only get to make like one or two mistakes in this business at this time and yeah. we ended up with a set of airliners with a much less interesting visual language, uh, which yeah. is a great shame
0: yeah um, and, and and one of the things is that privately the executives of both of those companies were like, well, if de Havilland hadn't fucked up this way, we probably would have
1: <laughs> yeah because you're used to designing for you know in the same ways that de Havilland were.
0: Yeah, exactly. But the 707 and the DC-8 were, after the incident, designed to be much heavier with thicker gauge materials, um, so you wouldn't have the same metal fatigue issues. Mm. Um, De Havilland itself, you know, they never really recovered. They were bought by Hawker Sidley in 1960. They were fully folded into that company in 1963. Uh, The name lives on in the form of De Havilland Canada, which was, I think, acquired by Bombardier in 1992. And they made a wide variety of these sort of small, but very rugged passenger prop planes.
1: Yeah. Uh, The DHC-2 Beaver, for instance. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful aircraft. The the, the
0: twin otter. Yeah. It's like two otters flying together. Yeah, (laughs) All
1: all of the, like, bush planes. Big fan. Mm -hmm. Just anything with the de Havilland name on it, I'm very, very attached to, aesthetically.
0: Oh yeah, they're all very, very nice looking.
2: Yeah. Mm. Absolutely.
0: And that's the story of the de Havilland Comet.
1: Everybody else got it wrong. Everyone who talked about the windows, we have debunked yeah. this. We've done um, it, by, and by loved
0: by children everywhere.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what we've, what we've said, yeah, we're, we're about to make it so that we're going to teach them that this is a misunderstood aircraft, and yes. we're going to teach them that like we're going to do a big like YouTuber like YouTube bait thumbnail that's like you know, like Windows falsely implicated question mark. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: I'm I'm going to AI generate it. Yeah. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I on sale.
1: <laughs>
0: what did we learn
1: um return with a V and go back with a time machine and tell them to fix yeah. it and and yeah, exactly. uh, we would be living in a much better Britain question mark yeah
2: maybe
0: you'd have the Boeing of Britain it'd be to Havilland yeah. we'd, we'd have more interesting aircraft
1: we would um, hopefully hopefully you oh, could wow. still you could still have a bar on board um, yeah
0: well. We have a segment on this podcast called Safety Third.
1: Shake hands for danger. Fantastic picture already. Yeah.
0: Hello, Activate Windows logo, Devon and lesser hosts. <laughs> <laughs> this week's Safety Third is from my time affair a fair few years ago aboard a mine hunter. We'll call the HMS Redacted. I'm, I'm
1: saluting uh, with my yeah. palm down. Mm-hmm.
0: I believe that was in a that was in a Gilbert and Sullivan operetta. <laughs> <laughs> I was a new sub lieutenant. Get your sub jokes out of the way now.
1: They're going to get your ass for saying lieutenant instead of lieutenant. A oh,
0: lieutenant, lieutenant, right? I have to. Mm. I, uh, I think, uh, yeah, exactly. Okay, I, I got to get myself in British mindset now. That's right. That's oh, yeah. right.
1: It's been a, it's, it's been an all Brit yeah. episode. Yeah.
0: The broad strokes of our normal operations, but then okay. we have Jesus.
1: A... <laughs> <Sad> <laughs> <Right. Duomo.
0: laughs> The broad <laughs> strokes of our normal operations, where to have a couple of A Bs. I don't know what that is.
1: Oh, um, uh, Abel Seaman. Abel Seaman's
0: staring at a sonar screen for hours on end, looking for anomalies. Once an anomaly that was sussy enough to be a <laughs> mine was detected. What? We had more or less two options. Either we said di- the
1: royal naval officers that I expected to talk like hornblower officers uh, are, are saying that mines are sussy. Yes.
0: Either uh-huh. we send a diver down to physically inspect the mine, or we use a little underwater drone. Cool. On this occasion, we decided, for various reasons, to send down the drone, which comes in a few different variants. We had a training vehicle used for training, a survey vehicle used to look at the things we reckoned were mines, to give them the old ocular Uh pat-down, and both of those were reusable. So we're always keen to make sure we can use these as much as possible. The final type is an explosive underwater drone that we basically drive up to the mine and kablamo. The mine is successfully disposed of, and the remnants of the drone simply join the millions of tons of other rubbish including the submarine service littering our oceans <laughs> <laughs> one fateful day while hunting for mines in the persian gulf the board abel siemens noticed an anomaly raised it with the po
1: petty officer the,
0: petty off the petty officer petty. who ran the drones but who will hereafter be called POI test oh boy okay After identifying it as officially sus by sonar, we were ready to send out a survey vehicle to give it a look. After hucking the survey vehicle over the side like a used car battery-
1: I gotta join the Navy, man.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Imagine something like this, but orange. Yeah. The P.O. got to work, and soon enough, he had closed in on what looked like a single 1,000-pound bomb, likely left over from the Iran-Iraq war. But honestly, it's the Persian Gulf. So it could have been for more or less any time.
1: The most lost American, like, Air National Guard pilot, yeah. just like, <laughs> letting it bark over the Persian Gulf.
0: <laughs> POI test, saw a single live 1,000 pound bomb, and in collaboration with the MWO, the Mine Warfare Officer, thank you for explaining that acronym.
1: Uh, only only <laughs> that one, though. Yeah. yeah only that one. <laughs> because they, they, they knew that you had me on.
0: Yeah. They decided it was time to move to disposal, and the survey vehicle was recovered. An explosive drone was then popped into the sea for the last time ever, and finally, after all was ready, POI test hit the button. The only problem was that the explosion that resulted wasn't exactly proportionate to a single 1,000-pound bomb going off. Everyone immediately knew that someone had fucked up somewhere. As it turned out, POI test did really live up to his name. As there was not a single one thousand pound bomb, but seven of the fuckers.
1: <laughs> oh no! <laughs> just like some Iraqi Navy guy in like the late eighties, just kicking seven bombs off the like the deck of a ship and being like, "Well, never gonna see those again." Yep, uh, done my job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we place them strategically. <laughs> <laughs> The resulting explosion busted every single shock absorber on the ship. Uh, those are used for loads of pieces of sensitive electrical and mechanical equipment to protect them from the shocks of the ship rolling while in high seas. It tipped two people out of their racks and nearly had me eating ship shit up on the bridge. If it weren't for the help of my fellow watchkeeper, making sure I didn't fall all the way across the bridge. Incredible. The moral of the story is that the ocular pat down Though an important part of military tactics, should perhaps not be the be all and end all of mine hunting operations. And that able rates are to the Royal Navy what freshmen are to the American education system.
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) This is what (laughs) happened once you start ending press ganging. As soon as they're there voluntarily, you know, it stops having the same, like, je ne sais quoi.
0: I've since moved on to bigger and better things in the Navy, but love your podcast a lot and has helped me through some fucking shit over the last couple years. Thank Keep you. it up, folks. Yours I, Lieutenant Redacted, RN.
1: Thank you for your service, yeah. blowing up a shitload of uh, disused Iraqi thousand-pound
0: yeah. bombs. <laughs> we have a P.S. to this. As an ancillary to this. Uh, HMS redacted was then forced to limp back to port without the use of a lot of sensitive navigation gear, which was a hell of a task and replacing all of the shock absorbers took several months because those aren't the kind of things that you keep in stock big enough numbers to replace all of them on a ship.
1: I just, I think a lot about any, any military, uh, any military organization is one of the like few places where you have. That much equipment that that is that difficult and that expensive to replace in the hands of you know the nineteen year old, yeah, and th- I think the comedy potential of that is really unmatched in yes. any other industry.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: Well, this has been known since Gilbert and Sullivan.
2: Oh yeah, it yeah. <laughs>
0: well, stay close to your desk and never go to sea, and you all be me rulers of the queens and AV. <laughs> um. Well. That was safety third.
1: Handle, reef, or steer. I don't even remember how the rest of it goes. Thanks. Yeah. Shake hands with danger.
0: All right. That was a fun one. Uh, our next episode will be on Chernobyl. Does anyone have any commercials before we go? We're
1: going to do it again. Sullivan House, Lutheran Settlement. 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 I've been saying Sullivan the whole time, so just sort of, some random Irish guy, I've just attached yeah, to this yeah. fucking thing.
0: It's actually, it's Louis Sullivan House, Stop uh, it. if you like uh, Stop big it. Uh, Sullivan-esque Stop uh, it. skyscrapers <laughs>
1: I'm gonna
2: fucking kill building. you. I'm gonna fucking piss in your mouth, I'm gonna <laughs> shit <laughs> in a hole <laughs> that used to be your fucking chest cavity. Have okay, ever so thought I, about the tall is... building artistically considered? I'm
1: navigating here to one 144 scale Airfix de Havilland comet 4B model kit 2995, yeah. surprisingly reasonable. I'm gonna add
2: that wow. to cart, and I'm gonna send in that all, to you, yeah. Liam. Thank yeah. you. All in, down, in, all, in all seriousness, uh Lutheran Settlement House Settlement Lutheransettlement.org. Uh, if you want to mail toys, uh, we will put the description in the video. We'll, we'll put the, we'll put it in the description for the video. And if you want to mail gift cards, r walker w a w a l-k-e-r at lshfilly.org. I can't speak or spell. The caffeine's wearing off. Uh, thanks for everyone who's donated or given us shit so far. Uh, I know the kids will appreciate it. I know the uh, homeless families we help will will help will love it. So thank you very much, and all the children who are in therapy as witnesses of domestic violence. Mm. Thank you.
1: Oh, thanks so much, everyone.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Okay.
0: Was that, uh, that was an episode.
2: Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye everyone. everyone.